to the 28th episode of the You Hawk Show. This is Sarah, Hannah, Megan, Patrick, and Joe. Unfortunately, we couldn't get rid of him. He just keeps leeching onto us. Yep, I'm <laughs> hanging on by a thread. Gonna get some scissors. Anyways, welcome to the, the latest episode, and we are in a, our new studio, our territory. Welcome to it. Welcome to our territory. We're 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 you know figuring out names. Patrick uh, previously proposed uh, Genkai's Dojo, which is pretty good. I said the territory one, and I now regret it because I think his was better. Gotcha. So we'll we'll just go with Genkai's Dojo for now. And I mean, by studio, this is a, a, a it's it's a guest room in your house. It's a room. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a studio technically. Wait, I mean, wait. Does it yeah, include a nice. kitchen as part of the room? Because then it would be a studio. Yeah. Well, not like a studio apartment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, well, maybe once I get some equipment in here, maybe it will be that. I don't know. Like a grill, an oven. A yeah. Yeah. A, a, some a saw bathroom, a toilet while we're at it. Yeah. Did you just say uh, a saw bathroom? A small A saw bathroom. Patrick's going to torture people. Anyways, last time. Last time we were, we were the Hunter X Hunter <laughs> Show, or the UU Hunter Show. Uh... Just, you know, just for one episode, but we live reacted to the Hunter Hunter 1998 one-shot, getting a glimpse of Tagashi's other works. Today we are back to our regularly scheduled programming of Yu Hakusho goodness. This time we're starting things off with Season 4, a.k.a. the Saga of the Three Kings. You better get ready. So, is there, at the end of the season, can we name the episode Return of the King? <sighs> um, I mean, <laughs> you can judge that for yourself whether you want to call it that at the end of the season. Gotcha. There might be more appropriate Sorry. names, given the, the content of what happens. Ooh, what happens. Nah. Okay, so for this episode, we're trying out a new format, where we're, instead of recapping straight from the episode, we're going to find common themes and ideas that we got from each episode and kind of explore how the different scenes work from those bigger ideas. So if you guys like this, let us know. If you absolutely hate us, definitely let us know. And for now, <laughs> please enjoy. So we'll start things off with episode 95. Yusuke's Destiny, or in the Japanese, Yusuke's Destiny's Footsteps of Danger. We were close, guys. We almost had the same episode name. They had to add on to it. <laughs> well, they had to subtract from subtracted. it. Yeah. Subtract. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised Every... if destiny is a much shorter word in Japanese. Footsteps of footsteps of danger. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying destiny is shorter. Therefore, you could put footsteps of danger in more uh, easily. Yeah, that would make sense. So is the the English one Yusuke's destiny or or Yusuke's destiny footsteps of danger? No, it's, it's Yusuke's destiny one. in English. Wait, okay, so that's that's the U.S. title, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the Japanese title is the one that uh, has a little bit more gravitas, but it's <laughs> a danger. Because that, that, the second, the Japanese one comes off as an English, t- an English t- name of it, you know, Footsteps of Danger, you know, mm, something. I don't know, because I feel like Footsteps isn't, wouldn't be title worthy in English things, because like Footsteps are usually... I don't think there's usually as much of, like, a sense of, like, a journey or, like, you know, the pitter-patter of, like, something sneaking up on you in English, which I think is what... It's it's both the idea of a journey and also, like, being snuck up on. Uh, yeah. So I don't think that translates well in English. Because when you hear footsteps in English, generally, 
you're thinking mm, I'm, I, it just gives a different sensation to me also I keep on yeah. thinking of the uh, footsteps in the sand Jesus carrying me thing <laughs> that's exactly what like when you like look back and then there's there's only one set of footsteps <laughs> I thought you were here all along God yeah I feel like if they're gonna do something of danger it'd be like running into danger curb yeah. stomps curb, curb stomps <laughs> Running into Danger would actually be a very much more U.S. title, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyways, in this episode, a restless Yusuke is informed that Koenma is hiding from the spirit world for disobeying the direct order of having Yusuke erased from existence. Desperate to find a solution to his situation, Yusuke later visits Genkai, who advises him to go to the home of a former spirit detective named Kuroko, getting to know her children and her husband as well as their talents. He is approached by three men who offer an invitation for Yusuke to travel back to the demon world. Three very bald men. The baldest they men. They had some pretty good quips in this one, by the way. I just thought it was... <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get to them, but... I don't know. I was like, oh, the writing got a little... little humorous here. A little extra. Oh, yeah. No, like... Oh, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about this. Probably for hours and hours. But this season starts incredibly strong. And then just spirals out the hardest. Yeah, because you guys have been setting us up... At least, I haven't seen it. Have Sarah, Hannah, or... I know Pat obviously has it. I think I've seen most of it. I know um, I probably skipped by accident like a couple episodes because I never watched this like um, on my own. It's or like I never watched it like on online or streaming. It was like when it was on Adult Swim at like two a.m. in the morning. Oh, it's when they pushed it back. Yeah. So like because I never when I rewatch the series, it's either the um, Chapter Black or The Dark Tournament. Okay. Which is kind of telling about... The series. <laughs> how this series is, I guess. But I enjoy it for the most part, so... Yeah, let's just take it one episode at a time for now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, won't, I won't get further into, like, yeah, they fuck up until they start fucking up. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. just, like, I was like, oh, I like it so far. I'm like, but where does it get crappy, according to you guys? Well, I, I think it just... There's a lull in, like, the storytelling and just it around the middle. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just seems like, wow, this seems almost like anime filler drawn out. Even though there's a lot going on, it's just sometimes it's like, is it necessary to show it? Mm-hmm. But I feel like thematically and the character-wise, it's still really entertaining. Yeah. And, Mm-hmm. I feel like it wraps up the series really well, so I, I like this arc a lot, and I'm actually surprised do, after doing the notes for this episode just how much this first episode has to it. Like, it's beefy. It sets <laughs> up so much so good long. stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just like to start at things out, we have a new intro with new faces, The Unexpected Return of Others. So I don't know if you guys recognize any of these returning faces. Got little Yanni back. Yeah. <laughs> little Yanni, Dio, and uh, Kaito. No, did you see some older returning faces? Because there were some who were much older. Oh. Oh. Like some D-turny faces. D-turny? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, did they have Suzuki in that? I can't remember. Yeah, Suzuki was there. Uh, I mean... I, the teacher... There were a couple other people that I won't say because, like, their presence will be interesting. But they're in, they're in like, the intro. Oh. Oh, you mean in the intro? Okay. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, like, I you saw it. the three new faces. I forget, at this point, are they silhouettes, or do they actually show them? I think it's, isn't it, like, thunder, and then it briefly shows them? Yeah, they, they haven't, they only showed, like, the outlining of the characters for the three different people. Mm-hmm. I forget if later they actually show their faces in, in a subsequent intro or not, but, like, yeah, for right now, they're shrouded. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the three people of dubious lo- uh, royalty. dubious royalty yes uh but yeah so sarah you you kind of wrote the notes up here so i'm curious uh you have a section about themes uh do you want to start this off yeah so starting out what i noticed with this first episode there's a huge emphasis on finding meaning and purpose about different things with your life so in your actions so it starts out with Yusuke's big dilemma right now, besides learning that he's part demon, is that he feels really conflicted about his victory, quote-unquote, over Sensui. Like, everyone's congratulating him, like, yo, you did a good job, and he's like, no, bro, it wasn't me. And the main reason why is because his demon ancestor took over his body at that moment. Uh, to quote, that bastard took it away from me. Um, and he's so restless because he's looking for new enemies to see if that will happen again. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, basically, he's going through kind of a, well, not like a, a life crisis, but he really is doing a little soul-searching without him, you know, recognizing yeah. it. Like, to him, it's like, oh, that's my pride, but I feel like it can go deeper than that. Um I think, yeah, the, the, you brought up the idea of like him finding out he was demon, and something that I wanted to mention in the Sensui episode, but we were sort of pressed for time, like the end of the Chapter Black episode, was like there's this whole thing about Yusuke's heritage and finding out like who he is and like mm-hmm. what sort of meaning that has, and it's something that I think is interesting um, as like a mix, like mis- ra- mixed race person, the idea mm-hmm. of like coming into contact with like ancestors and like other cultures that like it turns out you're part of and like we'll explore that more because like that becomes a more significant theme as this season goes on but i think it's interesting the idea of his actions having been decided by someone who he's never met in like a far distant land yeah especially since yusuke we all like saw throughout uh the entire series he's a dude who really appreciates his freedom like, he has this idea of, like, who he is, and uh, throughout this whole series, it's, like, every time it comes across someone who questions that, and now he's finally faced with someone who he can't even actually see who's being the real question, like, who the hell are you? And he has to figure that out now. Yeah, um, this, this discussion reminds me of something. Do you remember the speech that Genkai gave to Yusuke when she was dying? Like, saying, no man is an island? You know, you and uh, you depend on everyone around you and vice versa. Like, that second part's not a direct quote, but it's kind of about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking that a lot of this series to this point is a very individualistic punk kid, you know, coming into contact and understanding his place in the current world. And I'm now realizing that maybe this scene, if you divide Yu Hakusho into uh, series with, like, seasons with, like, different theses about his uh, development... Like, the fourth season could in many ways be seen as, like, not only acknowledging your place in current society, but, like, how it flows from the past. And, like, you know, the things that carry over into you. 
Yeah, that made totally make sense. Um, we also, I found something with finding purpose and meaning in your life. Um, meaning with like Kuriko. Um, so she's the first spirit detective who Genkai sends Yusuke to you to get some advice about his like dilemma. And so she's telling him about how she gave up being spirit detective so that way she can marry, start a family, and live a normal life. And he's just wondering, like, why would you ever do that? Because he himself loves... Or I would say he loved being a spirit detective. Yeah. Like, he generally did love it. And he... And she's like, he doesn't have to give me a purpose anymore. Like, I found meaning in being a mother, having, like, a family, and living a life that was kind of free from fighting, for the most part. Except for teaching her children how to, like, murder demons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Her, like... Um, I think with the kids, they're more like, because, more like their idea, they kind of idolize their mom mm-hmm. with which her adventures, and I think it's less, because she just taught them what they know to protect themselves versus, like, you need to fulfill my shoes kind of thing. For her sure. kids are great, too, because, like, um, the, I don't remember her last name, or the kid's last name. Um, I think it's a common thing in Tsunada. So yeah, the, I think it's a common thing in Japan. It's either the mom or the dad's last name. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily always the father's. But they're like, oh, Tsunada. Like, whose name is that? It's like, oh, it's mom's. We didn't want dad's name. <laughs> oh, just just real quick. It's Sanada, S-A. And the oh, only reason Sanada. I make that uh, distinction is because there's a fairly famous samurai line from like the 1500s uh, that went by that name. Uh, and so I'm wondering if maybe there's supposed to be a connection there. Oh, Sonata? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, like the same way that, like, you know, there are, like, now Olympic athletes who are descended from, like, samurai from back in the day. Like, uh, what's his name? God, uh, there's a Nobu- there's a Nobunaga who is a famous Olympic figure skater in Japan right now who is descended from the Oda Nobunaga. And so I'm wondering oh. if this is supposed to be, like, a sam- samurai lineage to the modern day. Okay. That's interesting. Um... But yeah, I, I think it's interesting the idea of like, oh, Yusuke is presented with a view of what it could be like to live a normal life if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to retreat from the battles of the spirit realm. Um, also, I, I think it is interesting. Uh, I Was it Hannah or Sarah who was mentioning like teaching the kids in order to like defend themselves? It was me, um, Hannah. Okay. I was, yeah, because like the way, um, I don't know, isn't that, that happens I think in the later episode though, so we're kind of jumping ahead, but. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, because like the way, like she scolded them and everything, um, it's not only the way she scolded them to telling them to stop it, but the way they were kind of like telling these okay, we're like, we're not going to let you hurt our mom, we've done this before, mm-hmm. like we would let her do it, but. We don't want her to waste her time. Yeah. So, it, yeah, like, they were joking around wanting being, like, the youngest spirit detective ever, but Yusuke had to go in order for that to happen. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so. no, I, I really like it because um, in Western superhero stuff, you often see the family of superheroes being targeted because, like, you know, they're now big, like, vulnerabilities for them. And so, in many ways, many times more responsible than superhero things where they find a way to make the kids incredibly strong so that, like, they don't have to be, like, effectively hit targets for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, someone who wants revenge. That's fair. And I think they do mention that, like, to Hannah's your point, that uh, from her old days, like, some demons want to attack her. Yeah. All right. 
So she t- taught her kids to kill and be like assassins. We Within a perimeter. Dogs. Yeah, like really like dogs. Oh man, I can't wait till you guys get to Hunter Hunter because this just reminds me of Kalua's family now. Kalua? Kalua? Oh, sorry. I'm... <laughs> the coffee alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so I um, so I read the I read the manga rather than watch the series. So a lot of my oh. pronunciations are probably totally wrong. Yeah, I think it's that could be correct. I think it's just the English dub or no. I think it's, it's I think it's Kilua. Yeah, I think it's Kilua. I was saying it wrong, but yeah, you get the idea. Um, but anyways, yeah, Yusuke is also reconciling his place in the world. Um, which, you know, in Sarah's notes says, uh, Koenma asking Yusuke if he regrets leaving Demon World to come back home, aka the human world. And I think this ties into kind of what I was talking about, the idea of, like, to find out who you really are, you may or may not need to abandon, like, the life you've lived at this point. Yeah. So he's basically pulling a Goku where it's like, I want to fight giant demon things for, for the rest of my life. Um, it's less a Goku because this would, it would only be a Goku if Goku was like, I want to revive the Saiyan race and join them. Yeah. It's interesting because it's because the two previous spirit detectives, Sensui and what's her name? Kuroko. Uh, Kuroko. Um, are basically contrasting each other and they're basically the paths and like Sarah said, the, he can he basically go down. Yeah. A life with, a life like Kuroko's with, um, God names today, Keiko. Getting a lot of Keiko action in this mm-hmm. three episodes, by the way. No, this is like, some of the most significant Keiko stuff that actually ever happens, which I love because, like, she's normally just window dressing. Yeah. yeah. So now she's yeah, she actually has like we see her path now. She has agency. Agency, yeah. Hashtag Keiko cast. Yeah. She <laughs> implicitly threatens to break up with Yusuke. <laughs> That's crazy. That's nuts. Um, obviously, it's all for the sake of Yusuke, I think, in the end. Or is it not? Can I be wrong? Is um, it, does she have full agency? Or uh, I think I, she has agency, like, because she is basically saying, like, don't fucking do this, you idiot. Um, right. But, like, she's obviously still not treated as, as full of a character as many of the guys. So it is significantly better, but it's still not ideal. Yeah. At least it's not just, like, standing on the signs, like... Yusuke, no! Or, or someone being like, else. I'm gonna murder your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> or being like, oh yeah, I do whatever you want. Or I lift like, my skirt, whatever. And <laughs> or like being in a comatose state for like, like an hour. <laughs> Jesus. No. And then what, didn't Yusuke like hit her or something like that? I can't remember. Oh, oh yeah, there was oh, one yeah. episode. I forgot about that. She slaps the shit out of her. Yeah. I don't think she's treated very well in this. Oh, none of the ladies are. Even Genkai, to an extent. Yeah, Genkai has the most agency of any woman in the series, but it's still not ideal. It's all for the benefit of the boy, of some one of the boys. Well, the boys. boys. I think with with Genkai, it's yes and no, because I think to some degree, her and Toguro was more the real focus, and Yusuke was like the secondary afterthought for their conflict. That is true. That is true. She at least she actually had an arc, like yeah. Herself. But every other woman, not as much. Yeah, Shizuru. No. She kind of had a thing, but they all have to do with romance. If you've realized any arc except for Botan so far, every woman in the show has to have a sort. I guess every guy then, by comparison. No, no, no that's not true. That's not true. It'll be soon before we start relationshiping the Green Grim Reaper. <laughs> 
low. But yeah, um, so Genkai doesn't give Yusuke any advice, like really saying that he's able to do whatever the hell he wants because of his like level of power. And so, you know, basically refers him to someone who has more of a common experience with him to this point. And I think it's interesting because it sort of draws um, distinctions between Genkai as the teacher uh, in terms of like spiritual, physical, and like metaphysical matters versus like life experience, in which case like Kuroko might be the more appropriate person. Yeah, and what I really liked about that scene is like when he goes to her for advice, she's like, no, I don't have anything to tell you. But she does ask him, like, what will he do next with his power? Like, what kind of person will you become? In the English dub, she asks, like, will you become a person who protects or do, who destroys? Who, who attack? Protect. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't even think Wait, about what that. what does that mean? Meme? Yeah, he protect, He protect, he attacked, most importantly. He snacked. He never fight back. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, no, so that's... uh. That's it's an interesting distinction that they make. Um, the idea of like different role models for like different things, like we mentioned during Chapter Black, like uh, not wanting Sensui and Genkai in the same room because thematically there's the idea of them both being like wizened, you know, wizened older figures who like you know know like great martial arts techniques. And now, although Genkai obviously refers him to Kuroko, there's sort of like a deferral. Uh, a, a referral to her wisdom instead and like that you know you can have multiple mentors in your life like in weird fucked up ways like Toguro was a mentor for Yusuke since we wasn't as much so much as an example of don't fucking do this but uh but like he's had many parents even though his own mom not so great and his dad uh is a no-show except for in the manga Bye. Can, we, can we get a vote for Toguro as mom of the year <laughs> no what about Daddy of the year? <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, what no. happened to Yusuke's mom up in this point? Did I miss something? Did she, she die? No, his mom's alive. She's <sighs> just like chilling she, with the Yakuza. Out of <laughs> Do, because like, I mean, obviously she's not as much in the anime as she is in the manga. But at the same time, like, there's a point in the later episodes where I was like, where is his mom? Did... Do we, did, do we mention it? Actually, no. She is always in the background in the manga, but she's never in the forefront. The most involvement she had was during the Dark Tournament, mm-hmm. and everything else in the manga. Just like in everything else, yeah. In the in the manga, she was in the Dark Tournament. She wasn't in the anime. In the for the Dark Black Chapter, I don't remember her really doing anything. For this Three King Saga, I don't really remember her doing much either. I just think she's extorting money from the Yakuza, and that's, like, <laughs> taking up most of her time. I think she shows up at the end of the manga, right? Either. Mm-hmm. Oh, she does. To be honest, she's she's probably the second the second worst unutilized character in this arc. But she has, but she's probably doing the most badass thing, man. <laughs> we can only assume because no one drew her. It's like a, it's like Bulma and Dragon Ball Z between them fighting the uh, the Namics. It's like the, the fighting the the Sands and the oh no, it's not Sands. Freezes Force. That was the third one. I'm sorry. Guys. What's crazy is in Dragon Ball, Bulma was like the main the main homie, but like yeah. <laughs> no. 
Dark Grand Ball Z, they're like, yeah, fuck it. She got married and has kids. It's not worth our time anymore. Well, I mean, she's pretty a main character during the yeah. Z arc. Yeah, the, the early, yeah. Or the, the first. Sorry, the, the, the Frieza arc. Yeah, actually, that's true. But they and make then, her into kind of a shitbag in, in the Frieza arc where they're like, do not bring Piccolo on this ship. Even though she remembers Piccolo, like, murdering everyone back in the day. But it's just like, dude, just saved all of us. What are you doing? To be honest, I would probably hold a grudge too if, if he murdered everybody. Honestly, that's like the one time, like, I don't know, characters don't usually hold grudges in that show for longer than an episode, so I'm surprised they even included that. Well, that's because yeah, Goku honestly, has literal amnesia. I, I literally don't think there's a. The only villain I think that he's never made friends with is Cell. Like, every single one has become his buddy in one way or another. Yeah, Boo got reborn. And so two two of the boos, Oob and Boo, became like homies. Mm-hmm. And then and then the androids. Frieza, um, Frieza didn't yeah. become a friend. No. no, no, Frieza became a friend. Fre- and, and yeah, super. in Super. What? Well, yeah, sort Frie- sort of. It's more like yeah, we have like weird sexual fight chemistry. Wait, wait, Frieza uh, and like... Goku? Yeah, yeah they, they resurrected. They resurrected. Well, yeah, I, I saw. Wait, Resurrection F. I saw. No, yeah, no, they, they re-resurrect again. Frieza. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And now she, and she's actually a main a mainstay. She's actually a main character in the uh, the new Broly movie too. I thought Frieza was a man. Uh, Sorry, Frieza's gender is fluid like and ambiguous. Okay. I I I, keep, I will always because her voice it was it was Genkai's voice. So I always kept thinking, you know, it is a woman's voice. I just kind of yeah. take. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, they they basically resurrected Space Hitler and Dragon Ball Z. And they're totally cool with it. It's fine. Well, they're sort of cool with it. (laughs) Because, like, there are many times where Space Hitler effectively is just like, maybe I'll kill everyone. They're like, what'd you say? He's like, nothing. (laughs) Or maybe I'll get the Dragon Balls and make myself taller by a little bit. That is literally the plot of the Broly movie. (laughs) Yes, that was the plot. I kind of enjoyed that it was kind of lighthearted until... That moment. Yeah. After someone else. So, kind of circling around, speaking of grudges, Yu Hakusho, people hold grudges forever. The main big one is King Enma continues to have it out for Yusuke. So, um, Koenma, we see, is just chilling out in the human world, not for fun. But because he's, like, basically exiled, um, because he chose to help Yusuke instead of following his dad's orders of eliminating him. So he mentions, like, yeah, if I go back to spirit world, I'm basically dead. <laughs> Rip. Can, yeah. we, can we point out how fabulous Koenma uh, looks in this, this last yeah, couple he episodes? Yeah, he's not kind of... How old is Koenma supposed to be before I mention comments of things? You mean I his, really like... thousands of years old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, he's, like, pretty good for anime. Yeah. Uh, anime baby grown up as a man. I always assume it's gonna be like he's nineteen or twenty in that in that form. In that form. form. I assumed yeah. he was seventeen. I mean, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> On the cusp. Um, he has he. I think did they take out his binky finally? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, that. that's why he looked different. I was like, what is it? Why does he look <laughs> sexy now? Hmm. <laughs> no, but um, where's the headband to cover up his junior? junior. <laughs> No, man, it's to cover up the cross that's on his forehead, actually. What? No, 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 no. So I was watching this with uh, with my girlfriend who had only seen all of Hunter x Hunter, and she's like, that's fucking Crollo's oh. outfit. And then I'm like, yeah, that is exactly Crollo's outfit. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. I guess the point was that, that Kuenma is just looking fabulous in this arc. You're going to love Crollo Lucifer. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so... 
the spirit world still has it out for Yusuke. Um, so it's basically this. Whole, I think the whole tension throughout these next few episodes is this: Are the is the spirit world going to strike again? Um, are they still going to try to like actively take him out? And that's kind of putting a little bit more pressure on Yusuke on what he needs to decide to do. Um, and also, demons still have grudges against Goriko because of her past as a spirit detective. Not only does her power and her reputation kind of make her a demon target, um, they also use her past of being basically a demon slayer to give an excuse to attack her. And it's basically the reason why she lives out in isolation and why she trained her kids to basically have superpowers. I, I like how she also trained them to drink. <laughs> well, she gave them you know brandy. brandy-flavored candies. They got drunk, though. I mean, they are, like, uh, placebo effect drunk. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's... Re- is brandy candy a real thing? Or Yeah, brandy candy is a so. real thing. I mean, I a, a straight up, in the office I'm in, there are brandy-flavored chocolates. Oh. Yeah, they probably cook out the alcohol and then kind of the it flavor. With the sugar. Exactly. So you want to hear a fun fact about brandy? Because I learned this at work from a, an older gentleman who I work with. I'm really worried um, now. It's fine. No, no, it's, it was work appropriate. Okay. Um, but he has a father. Uh, they call him Father Fact Fridays. He's like in his fifties, um, and he used to be like an environmental lawyer back in the day. Now he works at the entry level job I work at. Um, I think just because he moved from a different state and was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one in Arizona stressful. needs environmental law. No one here cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. Uh, he's a very liberal, very friendly person, but, um, he, I, I, and I heard this fact from him and never fact check. So hear me out. But apparently Brandy was created because they needed to import wine into a specific i don't remember which country either i think it was europe but or somewhere in europe so they imported wine but there was a tax per volume Mm. of liquid so instead they uh concentrated the brandy for it to be re um re-watered basically back to full wine oh um, that's interesting yeah um, that uh, may that may be true with it. a specific brandy because like the process of distillation predates uh, the creation of brandy. What do you mean? Um, so distillation, which is the chemical process, well, the chemical process used to distill brandy, um, was also used with other types of hard liquor before brandy. So brandy may or may not have been created in that manner, but the method of doing it probably predates it. Oh yeah, probably, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. That was, well, that was Father Fact Friday. It is not Friday today. Uh, it might be whole You might be listening to it on a Friday. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's Father Fact Friday for you. Congratulations. Inaccurate facts for your everyday life. Congratulations. This will come up, uh, well, that, that gentleman has now found a new job within the same company I work for, so there's no more Father Fact Friday, and that was the last one we'll ever do. And first. So, congratulations. Nice. So speaking of the past, <laughs> can, we, uh, can, we do, not, can we do super super uh, super Sega Saturday? No, that's me. Uh, super, uh, I'm trying to say another word for for tips. For super super suggestion Saturday. Saturday, yeah, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Gotcha. That works. We'll read them on air. 
no or matter not. how horribly mean they are. But no. if you get one, that'd be nice. <laughs> Just don't suggest that I change my voice because I sound like McLovin. What? Somebody on, on the last podcast said that I go, oh yeah, I really like the podcast, except the one guy that sounds like McLovin. And Jesus like, oh, Christ. Christ. Oh, fuck off. McLovin. Whatever happened to that actor? Christopher Mintz Plots? Yeah, I thought you were going to say Christopher McLovin. Nah, he's still alive. No, yeah, he's alive. Don't spread people's deaths like that. I'm all about that rumor mill. Anyways. We don't have enough (laughs) to restart a rumor mill. (laughs) Anyways, back to uh, the Yuak show. Um, All right. We have have another point about the past meeting the present and the idea of the eternal repetition of certain patterns. And uh, looking at the three spirit detectives, because it turns out Kuroko was not only a previous one that predates Sensweep, she was also the first. Um, yes. In her life, she went from being a nerd teenager to basically Wonder Woman. Since we went from killing all humans to kill, uh, killing all demons to killing all humans, and Yusuke went from being a punk human to a punk demon. There's a third step in his transformation, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, can we be honest though? Can, I think Sensui went from killing demons to killing everybody. I mean, no, he didn't want to like, kill demons. He didn't really want. He was like, "Hey, demons, take over this place so you can kill all the humans." But then he like killed a ton of demons, and but that, that was like, "Oh, you guys are getting in the way of my making a better world for you guys." Come yeah. on. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't like maybe. Yeah, it was more like you're getting in my way to kill all the humans versus like when he was an actual spirit detective, he just killed demons indiscriminately. Um, what a meanie pants. Yeah. I liked Kuroko's transformation. I, I looked away from the screen and then I saw like a little chubby middle school girl. Yeah. She's like, a lot happened since I was 14. I grew 17 inches and my weight stayed the same. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm still waiting for uh, that to happen. Yeah, yeah, same. 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 Hard same. Hard same. All of us want to grow 17 inches. It and... was kind of funny because all of them sort of look like each other one way or another. Like with... Kuroko and Sensei basically yeah. having the same character design, except Kuroko has long hair and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but basically exactly the same build. They thinned her out slightly. Not and even. like, I guess, skin, like, a little bit paler yeah. with contrast. Sensei. But, like, similar eyes. Yeah, similar, similar eyes without, like, the little... I don't know what dog was on his forehead. Yeah. I'm glad you said that they look similar because I straight up, when I looked, because I, I looked at the screen and I was like, is that Sensui as a woman? Like, they, yeah. No, that's a lot of people's reaction. Like, is that his sister? Is that... <laughs> it's a lot of people's reaction, and I wonder if there's any thematic reason for it. It's just like, I don't know. I fucking ran out of designs. <laughs> I mean, we obviously know he ran out of designs if yeah. you ever see Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> oh, that's true, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I think those might even be references to like, Yu Show because there are some, like, really cool designs that exist there that are definitely not in Yu Show. That's, that's true. But like, uh, me... Silva Zoldaik. Silva? Sil- Silva. Shizuru. Uh, that's, uh, Kilua's dad. Mm-hmm. With the Pegasus from... Oh, no, he's not Pegasus. He's fucking, um, he's fucking Ricardo Montalban in Wrath of Khan. Uh, oh, oh. I don't watch Star Trek. Yeah, we don't Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> we don't watch that nerd shit. Get that out of here. Die off the nerd. We're not those kind of nerds. Yeah, we don't like. I think the dog's trying to enter this room. You mean dinosaur? Yes, the dinosaur's trying to enter the room. Oh yeah, for those like, who I weren't in the part that we didn't record. Oh sorry. 
Oh, no, no, no. I was, like, mimicking the dog trying to get in. Lol. She's translating for us. It's like, let me in, bitches. I have things to say about you, Hakusho. Yeah, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure the dog wants to talk about Kuroko having met both Sensui and Yusuke and comparing sort of their encounters. Oh, yes. Let me elaborate on behalf of the dog. So she basically kind of goes into, like, how different her encounters were with each. So Sensui was, like, really short, kind of somber. She could tell, like, oh, wow, this dude's got the weight on his shoulders. Um, while with Yusuke, she's able to actually, like bond with him it's actually like a fun interaction like he's spending time with her family and she can tell like you know i don't think you'll become like sensory you just gotta stop thinking so hard so if we were to put each of these characters on the uh three axis thing of like nerd versus jock goth versus prep and punk versus normie where would each oh of them go? Uh, Yusuke is punk jock. Punk jock. I think uh, Kirko would be like normie jock. <laughs> and I think Sensei would be nerd jock. So they're all jocks. Yeah, they're all very athletic. <laughs> okay, I fucked up. I'm jockies? sorry, guys. What's the... What are these... Hello, dog. What are these definitions? Uh, we, we talked about it once during the uh, finals of the Dark Tournament where we're like, oh, uh... Karasu is definitely nerd goth, and Hiei is jock goth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, you could argue that he's a little bit goth, but I think that's just his aesthetic. He just likes dark colors. He's not necessarily <laughs> goth in lifestyle. That's his aesthetic. <laughs> uh, kinda, so- no, he kind of is goth in lifestyle. He's always brooding. He's always annoyed or sad. Actually, I don't know what a goth really is. Other than, he like, wants to uh, unleash literal hell. Okay, maybe that's the most emo metal thing. Oh, okay, maybe want. maybe he's actually metal. Yeah, Sensui is a metal theater kid. <laughs> a metal theater kid. Great. He kind of has the dramatics for it, so it's per- it's perfect. Oh, actually, each of his seven different personalities is probably a different part on that scale. Let's not let's not go through that. So uh, Kuroko's husband, uh, you know, then decides to read. Yusuke's fortune, and uh, being that this is a series in which spiritual shit is real, uh, his fortune's actually real, and uh, summarizes that Yusuke is, you know, not feeling great about things right now, and that predicts he predicts that danger will come to him, at which point three demon monks manage to sneak into Kuroko's home area, and uh, shit kind of goes from there. Yeah, and so basically you're like, yo, we here to tell you about your destiny, and take you to it. But in, like, far more eloquent words than that. <laughs> yeah, no, the three of them are interesting. They're pretty boring designs. Uh, because They're supposed to effectively be monks. They're described as, like, spiritual Taoists. But, like, they're dressed like Buddhists. So I'm wondering if that's, like, one of those things where, like, the Japanese translations of ancient Chinese texts back in the day combined aspects of, like, Cha'an Buddhism and, like, uh, Taoism to form Zen. And so it's just like, this is all the same shit to us. Well, not not the same shit, but very similar. Well, if you went to China, people would be like, those are very different things. Yeah. I saw, like, some descriptions around just, like, summaries of episode calling them acolytes, which I thought, like, you know, I can see that. Yeah, non, non-specific, like, to a earthly... Wait, 
Acolytes are just kind of a term for, like, followers, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. So, like, a, a generalistic term versus, like, a a monk, which is specific, or a priest, which is... Has, to, like, well, connotations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make it more confusing, they do follow a demon god named, whose name translates to the Zen of Thunder. Oh. oh. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> well, thunder. Thunder. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, what do you guys she think about... Tra- no. Sorry? Oh, no. I was saying Thunderstruck. <laughs> oh. Sorry? What was that? <laughs> Lol. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, uh, Sarah, you, you noted some tropes here uh, regarding, like, themes and... Uh, yeah, tropes might have a bit of a negative negative connotation, but tropes and themes. Like, what what are, your, uh, I, I what are your what are your thoughts or findings? I the right word. Basically, these are, like, tropes are fine. patterns. So, like... Nature and spirituality, like, obviously they're too tied together, but the main reason why I thought about it was just literally both Genkai and Kuriko, who are supposed to be kind of, like, the spiritual guides for Yusuke, both, who are both powerful psychics, live in the boonies, they are completely isolated from any cities, they live in the mountains, and I would say it's, like, because... They have to, they either attract demons or they have, like, they train, de- like, other psychics to fight demons. That's why they have those force filled of demons. But I just thought, like, oh, what do you know? All psychics move out to the forest eventually. <laughs> it's where they retire. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, um, continuing with, like, tropes and such, there's the idea of, like, not so human anymore, uh, which... So, uh, Sarah, yeah, you want to so explain basically, that? basically... So basically, Yusuke, he looks completely human, but there's like very, there's more and more references about him being a demon, like him saying like in the English shows, like, yeah, my body's felt off ever since Sensei, it's telling me something, um, how Kuriko basically trained her kids to attack anything with demon energy without hesitation, and they immediately attack Yusuke <laughs> without any hesitation and how eventually the demons from Demon World they managed to follow and find Yusuke because they followed his demon energy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny that when the kids attacked him, you know, they're they're kids and like at first you're like, oh they're pretty good and you know Yusuke's handling them with like literally two fingers. Um and the little girl kicks the boy in the head at one point. <laughs> sort of dying. It's like that kid's dead. <laughs> They probably would have kicked Yusuke's ass, like, for most of the series. Like, until, oh, yeah, like, before. halfway through the Dark Tournament, they probably would have kicked his ass. Oh, yeah? Do you think they'd be able to stand up to, to Goro by themselves? No. On each other's shoulders? No. <laughs> I mean, like, even, even... I think Toguro and his brother's power sets are such that even if you're stronger than them by a bit, they could still kill you. Like there's some flexibility, unlike Dragon Ball Z, where it's pretty much just power set, uh, where it's just power, where it's just power. But yeah, maybe they could team up with that Yo-Yo kid and have the ultimate team, of the children? ultimate child team, child soldiers. That's the name of their team. Child soldiers. Very unethical, but very entertaining. Oh man, child soldiers. Maybe just, it's basically a superhero show. <laughs> <laughs> and Teen Titans, pre-Teen Titans. Oh my god. That, that should that should rename Teen Titans the Child Tw- Soldiers. <laughs> Tween Titans, Child Soldiers. Uh, Teen no Kyojin. Team <laughs> Attack on... Oh, yeah, that's, that's the Teen Titans, anyways. Or Titans of Teens. Titans uh. of Titans. So, yeah, that's... Oh, teens of Titans? Oh, yeah, Teens of Titans. Yeah. Anyways. Teens of Titans. Uh, I think they have that's called yeah. Teen Titans 
high school. Oh, God damn it. Oh, too many. Uh, anyway, so they're... Speaking of, like, non-human stuff, there's a lot of dog references in this episode, which I found pretty amusing. Like, in the English show, I don't know if they did it in the Japanese or the American, but we want to first refer to Yusuke as Keiko's mutt, um, and then Yusuke compares his own conflicted feelings about his place in the human world versus demon world to how a pack of wolves will cry over the moon mm-hmm. and how Kuriko, her front fence has a sign that says beware of dogs and the dogs are actually like her kids. These are the two fu- two of the funniest moments of this episode too because Keiko, when Iwamoto says like, oh, you should control your mutt, Keiko. And Keiko's like, I would if the mutt like could listen. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. doesn't fucking... <laughs> Doesn't obey orders, so nope. And then Kuroko's dog thing, she's just like, well, beware of kids isn't really that scary. Yeah. <laughs> beware of demon, or demon killing children. Kids, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so about the mutt thing, um, I don't remember hearing that in the Japanese version, which is interesting because like, when I first saw it in the notes, I was like, oh man, I wonder if this was in the Japanese version. Because I feel in the Japanese version, there'd be a much more pejorative sense to it. Because like, Japan is, like, pretty, not completely, but, like, pretty ethnically homogeneous and like, the ability to talk about, you know, Yusuke being a child of multiple worlds um, would be interesting, but I don't think this was said in the Japanese version. I mean, it's a a nice thing that you pointed that out, though, that, you know, he technically literally is a mutt of, you know, humans and stuff. Mm -hmm. I wonder if mutt is even a word in Japanese. Um... There's like, probably got to be, like, some technical yeah. word for... It's probably, oh, like, like, mixed or something. Yeah, yeah, well, they have their own word for, like, someone who's... Been, or, like, a person. But, like, as far as, like... Dogs. When we say mutt and we refer to a human, like, I think Iwamoto's saying, like, mutt as, like, an incontrollable dog. Right. But in the further translation, a mutt as in, like, two mixed beings. Right. right. So I wonder if that was just the direction of the English mm-hmm. um, crew. They're like, hey, he's half demon now. You know, Let's so he's do some work wow. playing here. Wow, so creative this season. <laughs> so, well, hasn't he always been half demon, though? Well, uh, but well it, we didn't know that, right? Well, he was or like one, like one ten twenty eight demon. Something like that. Like, what's, um, God, what is, uh, 0.5 to the 40th power? I don't know. I mean, but can it still help him <laughs> on his acceptance into university, though? I'll do I'll do math. The Shonen uh, statistics was shown in genetics. Let's figure it out, guys. Yeah, so he I'm was 0.5 to the 40th, but then, like, you know, after, after like, you know, the uh, fucking atavism of the Mazoku, more of the genes got activated. So he's 1.17% or 1.8%. No, I feel it's way yeah. less than that. Are you sure it's not? Well, that's what the what? That's what my calculator. That's wait point five times e to the fortieth. Oh wait, no, times e to the fortieth. Hold on. Wait, no, not times e to the fortieth. It's point five to the fortieth. Hold up. Wait one second. It'll be incredibly small. It's that's even. Nope. Is that right? Hey, is there we can get? Oh, it's point zero zero zero. Point zero. Well, you're doing 0.50%, not Okay, 0.04. so he is, uh... No, 0.5, because it's... 9 to the negative 13th... I mean, 13, he has 9 times yeah. 10 to the negative 13th power. So, so 13 a... decimal places and then a 9. Yay. 
So can we just say it's really small? It's, it's incredibly small. small. It's like a cute dog, a small doggo. Yeah. Even. That's like an ant by comparison to like us. All right. Just imagine a dog ant. So another th- common thing um, is like the recurring dreams and flashbacks. So he has a recurring dream of being of easily defeating a ton of enemies. Like in the first very first scene in the episode, he's defeating a bunch of a uh, Bosuzuku Zoku. Basically biker gangs. And even when he's, like, chained and tied up, he's able to defeat them easily. Um, There's, like, flashbacks to his last fight with Sensui, which is basically his first encounter with his demon ancestor. And there's also a flashback of Kuriko meeting Sensui. It's herself. So a lot of emphasis on the past, a lot of emphasis on potential or a lot of what's going on in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that intro with the, the intro where he's in the biker gang. I was like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> it's like, "What am I watching the Warriors right now?" So, but that's pretty. That's pretty funny. As like, it's like you guys aren't even trying. It's like all tied up. Um, Do you guys ever watch the Warriors? I have no idea. Like the basketball oh. team? No, the no, Warriors the, is a movie. It's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, like from the eighties. That sounds like yeah, seventies. Seventies. Oh, no, I only have. It's pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, but it's really old. But that's why it just gave me warrior vibes anyways. But, Every depiction yeah. you've seen of gangs that seem like they're out of a fucking cartoon or a comic book is based on the Warriors. Pretty much. It's a good movie, though. Like, Japanese beat-em-ups that are based on American films. Like, so a bunch of Japanese beat-em-ups came out in the 8-bit and 16-bit eras. They're all, like, mm-hmm. oh, huge debts to the Warriors. What about West Side Story? Because I feel like that's older. And... Well, so West Side Story, they're like a dance troupe rather than like a cartoon. The gangs, the gangs, oh my gosh. the gangs in like the yes. Warriors are straight up like cartoons. Like there are people who like just like cover their face in like makeup to look like baseball uniforms, and they're like, "We're the Baseball Furies." It's like you're what? It's it's pretty funny. It's it's probably it's even this silly. This was an American show in the seventies. Movie. Movie in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, based on like a book from like the sixties. Great. It's it's very yeah. It's interesting. No, it's it's the... even weirder than that though because like it's based on like something that happened in like three hundred BC, like where a bunch of Greek warriors were stuck behind Persian enemy lines after an alliance failed. So they're like, oh fuck! Now all the Persians are trying to murder us. So me, my gang of warriors, including Cyrus, who's now fucking dead. Uh, all have to get out of here. And get back to Coney Island. Yeah, somehow they're getting to Coney Island. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. And the weird thing is they had a video game about it too, like years later, like 20 or 30. And now we're talking about it today. Wow. Weird ass wow. movie. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. The legacy of the Warriors. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of slice of life moments. So after such a huge arc like the chapter black it's nice to have like the for things to kind of slow down and build up but there's also the quiet moments so there's a lot of school scenes that Yusuke is not attending but Keiko and Kobara are there yeah. and we can kind of see that Iremoto the jerk teacher is still a jerk and that there is some little bit of character development like Kobara is actually there attending um yeah that's weird didn't he go to another school for like the be- at the beginning yeah he's a different uniform 
Yeah, because she's like at a different school <laughs> altogether, and no. it's like in this classroom. They, they've always gone to the same school. They just, Kuwabara and Yusuke have different colored uniforms because they're punks and they're main characters. So it's okay to oh. uh, I, I, I didn't even know. think about that. I thought Yusuke had the regular uniform that everybody else had. <laughs> no. Okay, so is the trope of punks wearing a different colored uniform supposed to be because it's defiant or because they're poor or both? No, if you're poor, you still have the same uniform. I'm pretty sure it's defiant. And also, yeah. I think just, like, um, from, a, like, a creative standpoint, it's a good way to show, like, yo, these are the main characters. <laughs> this was before like, anime hair was a thing? They are. <laughs> this was before uh, you yeah. fucking had uh, Yu-Gi-Oh hair to differentiate yourself from the rest <laughs> of the cast? Yeah, it's but a lot I harder thought, to play guess the protagonist show. I honestly thought that Pat's right, and they and Kubar did go to a different school. No, Kubar for sure goes to the same school. They were in the same class during like all the Iwamoto bullshit in the first season. Really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. Just Yusuke never showed up to. School? Yeah, Yusuke just didn't go to school that often. But they definitely ran into each other at school. They recognized each other from the same class. Like they oh, they showed they just... like a scene of them having lunch in the same classroom. Oh, I but honestly yeah. thought they just they just were like, visiting they all were the time. Said punks know each other. Oh, like, no, Karama you goes know to a different who's school. Like you. Karama huh. goes to like a really nice, uh, like a really nice uh, private school. Yeah, he's very very smart and intellectual. He's just dumb. Yeah, <laughs> straight A student, master at math. <laughs> and then there are just other moments I noticed. Just I guess more. Like, Yusuke and Konma hanging out cafes and playground swings, so kind of familiar places, probably to both himself and to us as viewers. Um, Genkai and Yusuke playing video games as they're, like, he's talking about his problems to her, yeah. and she's like, yo, I'm not your shrink. And she just beat him at the video yeah. game. I, I, do like, I do like the continuity of her playing games now after that reveal in the last arc. Yeah, do you what like that it's fucking Street Fighter 2? That she's, yeah, that she's a great a great video game player. When she was like, what do you think I sit around playing, uh, was it Solitaire all day? Yeah. <laughs> no, or, or not Soul dog. Far. Soul far. Sorry, I got that wrong. Soul, Soul far, far, Jesus. Um, but it's an Aqua Teen reference. Don't worry. Anyways, yeah, I like that they're playing um, a fighting game because this was peak, like, Street Fighter 2, like, hysteria. Yeah, also, there's a line she says, like, it's like, it's like, you need to wipe your own ass or something like that. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Did she's basically saying, like, I don't, you don't need me to baby you anymore. Fucking do it yourself. Yeah, I thought that was an, a very interesting line to say. And was that in the English or the Japanese? Japanese. Oh, wait, really? Oh, okay, I forgot. Because um, in English, she's like, I'm, I had enough baggage in my life. I don't need to take on yours. Yeah. Like, I'm not a shrink. <laughs> yeah, no, she was like, yeah, you gotta take care of it yourself. It's the same message, though. Yeah. And then she whips his ass at Street Fighter. Before we get to the rest of the uh, slice of life stuff, I I think these slice of life moments are a big reason that on certain websites online, people are like, "These are filler." It's like these are filler if you're a fucking idiot. Like yeah, honestly, no, like you sound mad. I know I am really mad. These are like incredible character development episodes, and people are like, "Yeah, it's filler because they're talking." It's like, do you think that's what filler means? Are you a fucking moron? Are you gonna say? Like, are these Damn, the don't, don't, don't fucking get Joe mad about a Yu Haka show. He'll rip your arm off. <laughs> and I agree, though, Joe. Like, this is definitely one of the more enjoy... If you enjoy... If you genuinely enjoy, like, mm-hmm. watching stuff, like, I like these slow down moments where, like, you actually get to learn. Not just slow down, like, 
I went to a sandwich shop. But, like, you get to see uh, Akiko struggle slowly with the fact that Yusuke is not coming back and doesn't seem to give a shit about her. And, like, you have the reflection moment in the mirror where the, the camera pans and she looks sad after doing her homework. Like, no, nah, just filler, guys. Skip to the fighting part. That's what's most important, right? Yeah, I want to... I just... I hate... I'm so angry about that still, but yeah. Um, <laughs> is that actually in the manga, though? I think it's in the manga, yeah. Yeah. Then why is it filler if it's not in the goddamn manga? If it's, if because it's in the manga, it's not filler. Because yeah, people have an incredibly dumb definition of what filler is. I guess. But to be honest, filler is a big issue in some real things, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not here. Here, it's like the little moments you kind of build up the characters and they set the tone. Like, um... Just going back to it, there's a scene with Keiko, she's studying English, and she explicitly, these are the three words that she studies. It's anxiety, hesitation, and patience. I was like, me. <laughs> it's like my constant state of being. Yeah. So patience I'm kind of working towards. <laughs> Except for me. So just anxiety and hesitation all day, every day. There's no patience in mine, at least. I feel like... It's anxiety and hesitation. I feel like this is supposed to, like, not only be reflective of her state, but maybe you could see this as, like, reflective of, like, women in relationships state in Japan in the late 80s and early 90s of just, like, guys would go off and work all goddamn day and come home and not be able to do anything. And, like, it was just, like, this, like, really shitty, like, gender norm-defined world. And, like, you know, Japan still has problems like that, but I think it was at its peak terribleness in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Yeah. Nowadays, both parties are just working their yep. asses off and come home. Equal, Equal terrible. Uh, yeah. 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 Equal opportunity uh, life slave enslavement. <laughs> Still really not that e- But yeah, no, it's crazy. I think we talked about how the gender divide in Japan a little bit. But that's, yeah. that's an interesting analysis, but that I, I could see that mm-hmm. reigning true from the limited knowledge I know about like Japan in the 80s and work-life balance. But Yeah. Uh, that kind of instead of but you know Yusuke's not a salary man he's he I think he's he's running from the American. law yeah <laughs> he, he's, he's going to war he is basically running from the law he's an outlaw yeah mm-hmm. teenage outlaw he's on the lamb so uh you know this scene's cool in Japanese how it was originally intended in English they spell out the words in English and then say the Japanese equivalent as if the scene hadn't been translated. And then in the Latino version, they spell the words out in English and then read their Spanish meanings, which are so close as to be, like, pointless. Like, the anxiety one was like, anxiety, anxiedad. And then patience, paciencia. It's like, why did you do know this? what word that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like in the English show, it was also as if she was studying, I don't know, maybe it's like they, they put the order of the English words first and the Japanese meanings. It's almost as if they're trying to say, oh yeah, she's studying English. And she's in Japan. And she's in Japan. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, like, you know, your actually takes place in America, guys. <laughs> it takes oh, place. Los Angeles? Yeah, LA. You know. LA. Your typical LA show where everyone goes to a Catholic school. Yeah. Um, because everyone wears uniforms. So wait, we've, yeah, we've yeah. probably talked about Duolingo before, right? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never used it. No. Okay. Maybe. For those of you who, who has anyone here used it? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I have to learn. I've, I've been trying to learn uh Gaelic, Irish, and Japanese. Nice. I'm pretty bad with it. I don't use, I don't know, apps. Well, studying in general wasn't my thing, so apps were never really helpful for me because I, I wouldn't use it. But Oh, uh, no worries. 
They're very much like a supplement to like actual classes or like speaking with people. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I did Spanish and like finished Spanish. And then like someone was like for extra challenge, do the English language lessons for Spanish learners. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try that. And this scene reminds me of that. It's like she's like trying to learn Japanese by virtue of going to the Japanese language for. No, she's trying to learn English for the English speakers of Japanese section. She's like basically reversing it. It's so goofy. But um, have you guys watched other works where people are speaking a language other than the one it's been dubbed into and they're speaking multiple languages or they're acknowledging English, but you're now watching in English, so it's super confusing? So I guess Isle of Dogs, that, um, what's his name, that stop motion film? Wes Anderson? Wes Anderson. Apparently that movie in Japanese is super confusing and not nearly as interesting because it's du- it's dual language. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I watched it in English, uh, technically, but like the English subtitles and a lot of the tropes they do, it really interferes with watching the movie if you watch it in Japanese because there's no point in having the translators there because yeah. they're uh, Japanese. Yeah. They'd have to like simulate it by using another language. So no, they don't even do that. They just speak Japanese. No, I'm saying they would then. have to. Really? Oh yeah, they'd have to switch languages around in order for this to make sense. You'd need two languages, but I don't think anything does. Okay. I'm confused. So was it was it like a dubbed? Was Island of Dogs dubbed, or was it a subtitle for English? So the way Isle of Dogs works is that it's in like remember that one Big Hero Six where oh, it's like no, in San oh, no, Francisco. Yeah, I, I oh. watched uh, I watched Isle of Dogs and the you know the jet the do- the humans are speaking Japanese and the dogs are speaking English. English. Yeah, and then there's like a translation divide. Yeah. Um, in when you do it in Japanese, everyone speaks Japanese, so no one... And, like, if you dub it, right, like, or if you don't dub it, you just have subtitles, it loses that They should just have the 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 Japanese Japanese subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you reverse those two languages, it would make much more sense, right? (laughs) Why didn't they? That's so dumb. But they didn't. Yeah, that's really dumb. You have to get English dubbers onto the Japanese. They should have just replaced, like, the humans with, like, with Simlish? Like that episode of Rugrats when it's from the dog's perspective. Oh, yeah. Like Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that way too much sometimes. <laughs> Have you guys... Um, um, but I know that wasn't your point, Joe. Sorry. No, no. That actually that actually was my point. Like, oh. uh, I'm just talking about the difficulty in transla- translating things into languages that the initial is making a commentary about the usage of. Yeah. Like, um, have any of you guys watched, like, old Bruce Lee movies? Because in Way of the Dragon, he... It's a really fucking confusing movie linguistically because it is about Cantonese Chinese people moving to Italy, but, like, a lot of the non-Italian, non-Cantonese dialogue is in English, and there's, like, a three-way language confusion. And then when they translated it into English for the English release, they made everyone speak English and then constantly say, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> See, that's the thing, like, I feel like it's just, I don't know if that's lazy or just budget constraints, but things like that really take away from a movie, because you're like, you just have to, per, like, suspend your disbelief that this person's not speaking in a language you clearly understand. Oh, wait, Actually, wait. Like, when... Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, continue. I'll, I'll say it after, because there's a dumber thing that happens in that movie. Oh. Well, what are you guys talking about? I missed this. Oh, uh, we're still talking about the, the language thing, but, like, gotcha. it's... It's clear, like, I actually like when, and shows and TV and things don't give you all the pieces sometimes, as long as, like, not the whole movie's in a different language, but, like, if one character's not speaking, sometimes they don't put subtitles, Mm -hmm. because, like, your character, the one you're following, doesn't understand that. So why would, you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like like that, too. Sometimes when they don't subtitle the the, the person speaking a different language for some reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
No, even I, though I, it's like a good full scene. Yeah, like they if did you that. Were... Yeah, I think they did that in a movie before, like um, where they actually told the entire plot line in the beginning of a film. I can't remember if it's like a. I think it was Indiana Jones or something, or maybe Eagle Eye, where there's a guy speaking. Oh no, Transformers! They're speaking straight. I think it was like uh, like Spanish or something, and they literally said the entire plot line in that line. Nice. The issue comes when you do speak Spanish or yep. whatever that yep. language is, and you're yeah. like, "Well, fuck, man!" Like, <laughs> well, thanks for telling the plot <laughs> Thank line. Thank you. It's like an in joke, but it's also like a it, a ruiner joke. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have, make sense if you speak English. <laughs> have any of you guys played Resident Evil or, Four or Spanish? Re- yep. No. Okay, so you know the Ganado and how they speak Spanish? Yeah. So yeah, if you play that game and speak Spanish, all the surprise attacks aren't surprising anymore. Because someone's like, get behind him, and someone else is like, I will. Oh, that's what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, they're coordinating. That's actually kind of a cool... For a video game, that's really cool, because then like you know what's going on, because... You speak a different language. Yeah, it's I mean, like, huh, so, I'm, I'm a better gamer than you are because I can speak Spanish. Yeah, no, sometimes they're just saying like, "Oh, fuck this asshole," stuff like that. But then right. other times they're like saying like critical information, like "Get on that ladder." That's really cool. I gotcha. But like, I so that, like that the original release of that game was English and Japanese only. So like, basically, they're like, "No one speaks Spanish who will play it in these languages." <laughs> then they're like, "Wait, there's a bunch of Latinos in the U.S. Fuck." <laughs> Well, I mean, aren't there, aren't there like, they're like dual, dual language countries, right? Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just funny as an oversight. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, weird. um, another thing I wanted to mention about Keiko studying English is I was wondering if this was done for a couple reasons. One, to reflect like, you know, how she was feeling because the words she's dealing with are exactly her emotions, but also like the common middle school Japanese issue of like, oh, I'm learning English and this is like relatable but also frustrating and like also foreign so i'm wondering if it's the idea of like foreign imposition frustration and the relatability of everyone going through this rite of passage yeah i could see that for sure and i think it's also probably to the viewers like at the time of japan um they were thinking like that's so relatable. I'm yeah. also studying English <laughs> and feeling very sad. <laughs> well, yeah. I love how they keep hammering it in because I feel like it's been at least two years showtime that they're still only 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like, way too... Like, at least half a year has to have happened because, like, depending on Dub, he spent six months at Genkai's training camp. So, like... Yeah. And then the Dark Tournament took some time. Yeah, the Dark Tournament okay. turned out to have only been, like, two weeks. I remember, like, when we were oh. watching those episodes, like, someone's like, man, can't believe it's been, like, two weeks. I was like, what? <laughs> it's literally been, like, six months. We were watching it for six months. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me this is two weeks. Like, literally right now, half our show is the Dark Tournament. Yep. Yeah, it's a long arc. <laughs> yeah, and if you ca- and if you count, because I counted the tournament arc number three as the as the as when when older Jugoro came back, I still tell the episode t- tournament arc number three still. So, well, get ready for tournament arc real number three later. But anyways, uh, so let's but move no, on. So it'll be number four. God damn it! So episode ninety six, three strangers, three kings. That's the English title, and the Japanese version, visitors of darkness. The mystery deepens. Um, Ooh, I actually like the English one more here. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. Nice wordplay. And, um, I feel like it will g- actually does summarize the episode really well. Yeah. Can we name this episode Stranger Kings? I'm down. <laughs> Stranger 
damn it, yes. <laughs> catching in on that hype seven months late, but it's fine. Hey, we're <laughs> catching in on the Yu Hakusho hype, like, I don't know, nearly 30 years late. Well, actually, years. actually, the uh, Stranger Things only came out like one month ago. In oh, July. the second season? Oh, yeah, July 4th. Um, yeah, it was like, like that's literally... like two months ago at this point. No, it's, it's the, well when they the listen to it. Hear this? Oh right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, anyways, uh, came out in the U.S. Uh, came out in Japan August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four, and the U.S. December tenth, two thousand five. Uh, and in this episode, the three men reveal they are present on the behalf of Ryzen, one of the three kings of the demon world. These three kings have been uh, on a debate concerning the feasting of human bodies for over half a millennium long. Yusuke tests his strength and agility against one of the men, Hokushin who has the ability of elasticity. Upon defeat, Yusuke punches him back for not telling the whole story about the Three Kings. That sounds like that's a little kid angry at their parent for not finishing a bedtime story. (laughs) For not telling it the way they want it. Be like, you didn't use voices! (laughs) I'm so tired from work. Ugh. You guys didn't, didn't like fight your parents when they didn't do that. No, I did oh. not. But I think that I think it's really funny because I feel like you guys did. No, I don't know. I don't remember really how my parents read stories. I think at some point they're like, "You gotta read your own." He was hooked on phonics. So I'm like, okay. So my parents never did the lullaby thing. Like they never. At least I don't remember them doing that. But like, I don't know if this is embarrassing because like I told this to my doctor once. And they were like, that's an issue. And I'm like, it's a cultural thing. Um, but apparently it was normal for my family and my cousins and stuff. But we slept in our same bed with my parents till I was a little much older than Americans do. Mm-hmm. So I never got the, like, I think I was like 13 when I stopped sleeping. In my, me and my brother both. Like, oh, that's... I just say, I was, all, all four of us were sleeping in the same bed for... Yeah, that, um, is, a, that is a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing, right? Yeah. Like, in the Philippines, that's a thing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And Asia, too. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say more parents bed like when I was around that age. I think at some point it was yeah. just like Yeah, you're you're when you're in Arizona, it's really hot. It's hot, yeah. yeah no. you want, I wanna to talk to Tommy. I think that's what I knew I was thirteen because like me and Tommy started dating and I, I would text under the covers and they like they weren't having it. So I was like, Alright, I'm sleeping in my own room, I'm an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. do this podcast and i'm glad because uh they still don't know me and tommy are together or that's how we met oh Um, oh, okay i was like how do they not know i've seen you guys in pictures (laughs) they were there for the engagement Uh, i was imagining it's it's like wait you got engaged wait you've been with somebody for that many wait what who are you you met on crunchyroll Uh, they probably don't even what know is, what that is. What they, is oh, is, that, is that a dating site, honey? Is that, is that the Tinder? Well, yeah. like, me, my mom came with us to go view a venue, and someone was like, how'd you meet? And I was, me and Tommy were like, oh, fuck, we haven't, we don't want to tell them. Just say online dating. No, what are they going to do? Well, they, I, for so, for 11 years, I've told them we went met on a cruise. So really? Like, you could have said <laughs> online dating? When I was 13, do you think oh, that would have been a good idea to tell oh, my parents? Oh, oh. Hi, uh, I I'm met not, this boy on the internet. I thought you just met random people. I was like, you just tell no. me on a cruise. Like, oh. No, I met Ty. My parents, to this day, still believe I met him on a cruise, and they don't question it. Nice. His parents think something different. I think they know we met online. But, like, 
I just hope no one talks about it. Or if I tell a lie in front of his mom, she'll just be like, yep, that's a thing. Nice. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, when you get married, what's it going to matter? It's Honestly, like, they, I don't think they'll care, but I just don't want to bring it up. I'm yeah. sorry. You should tell yeah. them at the engagement party. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not the big come forward, the big reveal family. Like, that's not a thing. So speaking awkward. of truth and deception, that's one yes, of the yes. themes of this episode. <laughs> episode and one of the first things that relates to it is how Hokushin in his fight with Yusuke wins quote unquote by pulling a fake knife on him um it's a fake knife because it's it literally like goes in it's like one of those like uh the push push knives (laughs) oh I love those things I had those for theater when I was uh when I did acting in high school they're really cool things like you they just they you're attracted to the itself? Yeah. There are actually some you can get that squirt blood out of it, too. Ooh, that's it. Hmm. We'll get one for the cast. Why? So. Nope, please don't. No. <laughs> we'll do one video episode and only one. <laughs> we have... A, I still have the recording of when we all got drunk together. Oh, my God. Yeah, probably should, you probably should delete that. No, I'm keeping it for safekeeping. We all look so young and bright and vibrant. You should, uh, uh, you should like, definitely... Like, that's like literally months ago. And old. And sad. <laughs> sad. In you just censor all our faces. In our mid-20s. And make our, our voices deep, like in those uh, those documentaries. Well, uh, hey, how's it going? It's yeah, going take good. a shot. Ha, 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 ha. I'm not going to that party anymore. And then we get we Brian. You did miss that party. You're like, oh, shit, what time is it? I'm plastered. We get, like, Brian Williams scenario over it. And then this is what happened next. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. So, um, and so with uh, Hokushin... Yusuke calls out him, like, on his BS, because he notices there's a ton of half-truths within his story. Like, like yeah, it's like, because Hokusha tells him, like, yeah, we're just here on behalf of our king. He stopped eating humans, mm-hmm. and now he needs help because there's other demon kings who want to get on his territory. And he punches him, and he's like, dude, I know you're telling me only half of it. Tell me all of it. And... There's also a moment, it's like a smaller moment where Keiko, she's calling Kuwabara to ask him, like, do you know what's going on? If you know what's going on, you better tell me, because I can tell if you're lying to me. And um, she, Kuwabara's like, yeah, I don't have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. And he would tell her the truth if he didn't know, because he would actually be part of it, but every, he's in the dark as well. Poor, poor Kuwabara, he gets like the short end of the stick. Of all yeah. sticks. Even though he can get a, a long stick. He can get long. Uh, anyways, uh, regarding truth and such, there's also the question of loyalty. All of Ryzen's subjects follow him without question. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because they follow him as a leader, but they don't necessarily directly follow his example with regards to food. Yes, and that um, is part ties into why Yusuke's um, feels like he's being deceived, which I think they explore more in the actual episode after this. They don't actually explicitly say it in this episode. Yeah. So, what exactly do they eat besides people? Is there some sort of like vegan diet for demons or something? I don't think so. They I just think, stop eating. I think some demons live. can eat other things, but I think it's implied that a good number of the demons that exist in demon world need to eat human beings. Mm-hmm. So where do they get the supply of human beings then? 
don't know. I mean, they could maybe like, they just go to the prisons and just eat people. Yeah, but you you notice that like there's so many even even like let's say dark tournament demons, right? There's a, I mean we I mean Tagoro killed most of them, but still like there's still a decent amount of them, right? So like. Wouldn't we notice where the humans are coming from? Or is there like a black market? Yeah, I, like I prisons think, or something? I think there's a number of demons that can eat other things. But like, yeah, honestly, this is like one of the major failings of the Yu show, like world building. They never really mm-hmm. specify how the fuck this works, why it's such a concern for so many people. Um, because like the logistics of it just don't make sense unless demons can have like one human per thousand years and be good or something. And it seems like he hasn't eaten in a thousand years, but it sounds like every day he's hungry. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. Yeah. There's, like, a lot here that doesn't really make sense. Like, it's a cool idea, but, like, season four under inspection makes very little sense. That's fair. Maybe it's, like, the Matrix where they have that whole human farm. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wait, it just occurred to me. Fucking, there are cultivated humans that Suzaku had. So, if you really want to look too deep into the show, you could say, like, maybe people are eating, effectively, a bunch of cultivated humans. Oh, wait. Oh, speaking of cultivated humans. Oh, have you guys ever seen, um... Neverland, Promise Neverland. Yeah, basically the same show. Now that I think about it, you know somebody somebody recommended that to me in my office. It's a really good show. I honestly, yeah. I really, really do like that show. She said she was she cried about it all the time. Oh she yeah, was sad. oh it's sad. Pretty, yeah, but the character building's really good. They progress. I think um, they're not. I mean, they're kids, but they're not super whiny. Anyway, that. Um, yeah. Oh, without spoiling anything, that this whole demon thing is interesting. Oh, yeah. That spoils a lot of it. Never mind. I want to really quickly point something out about the uh, difference between Ryzen and his followers. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of, um, you know, bodhis- bodhisattvas, like in Buddhism. Like people who like delay, like they're at the edge of Nirvana, but don't cross over because if they do, supposedly you're not able to teach other people at that point. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if Ryzen is supposed to effectively be someone who's actually embraced, like, the truth of not he- eating people, and, like, all his followers are effectively, like, we'll get up to that point minus the not eating people. Like, we'll do all the other, like, religious and, like, philosophical things. But, but not we not really want to eat people. Yeah, no, it's the idea of having to, being able to continue, because, like, if you reach Nirvana, you it is ambiguous as to whether you should actually die, become non-material, or non-communicative with the rest of the planet. Hmm. Gotcha. So, like, I think maybe that's the distinction being made. Which would tie can in you, with him being the Zen of Thunder. Can you reach Nirvana without dying, or do you have to die to reach Nirvana? Depends on which school of Buddhism, what year, and where. Wow. What about if you listen to the band Nirvana? I Well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe you'll just get into... Maybe you'll turn into Foo Fighter dumb. Uh, it's, it smells too much like Teen Spirit to me. Anyways. <laughs> There's also the theme of trust, and it's pretty simple in this episode, but basically <coughs> Yusuke doesn't trust Hokushin because he can tell there's holes in his stories and won't, and wants to hear the truth. And then, of course, what we mentioned before, Keiko trusts Kurobara to tell her the truth about Yusuke and what's going on with him if he does know anything. Um... We also kind of talk about more in terms of the politics in the... I feel like this is actually a sense of world building that they 
I wish they expand on more, but basically in every land there's a law, and it can be seen how in Hokushin, in his fight with Yusuke, they have basically these demonic pacemakers on them that nerfs their power. That's how they're able to pass through the Kakai barrier to get to human world. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. I was thinking, at first I thought they stole the, um... Veruca. Yeah. They stole the thing from Dr. Was it Ichigaki? Yeah, the Veruca from mm. Dr. Ichigaki. But it looks like they're just giant chesticles, I guess. Yeah, re- <laughs> real quick, um, uh, freaking Togashi is a huge H.R. Geiger fan, so he is into, like, biological technology, which is something that you will see more of during this season. Why does H.R. Geiger sound very familiar? He's the guy He's who did all the famous... designs for Alien. Didn't he do designs for Dune as well, or write Dune? Uh, he might have done designs for part of Dune as well, I think, but I don't think that's where she would have seen him from. I gotcha. Also, yeah, I guess I it's H.R. Giger, but like, Giger, yeah, yeah, whatever. I was about to correct you, Joe, but... I, I mean, like, Giger sounds more familiar, so... <laughs> well, I mean, they have the Giger counter that yeah, you which is checking radiation. I wonder if, like, that person's the same nationality or related to him or not. But yeah, so like, there's a lot of body horror stuff in late era Yu Yu Hakusho that can be traced to uh, Togashi's love of Giger. Yeah, and there's also the themes of power. So it's like the importance of power, whether like in what power actually means. And so Yusuke loses his fight with Hokushin, um, even though Yusuke's strength should be. <coughs> more than Hokushin's is because he basically nerfed himself to be um, D-class in order to get to human world. Hokushin manages to win because he uses his wit and I think in the English dub you mentioned psychology um, to win the fight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean it helps he's very stretchy too he's like Mr. Fantastic. He is like Mr. Fantastic. I was like wow it's like uh, Reed Richards or did you guys like watch Justice League the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah like Plastic Man. Man. Oh yeah. Oh, I I was like nodding, like yes, I have one. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's it's a he's like, like a third tier like character. Yeah, oh. um, like unlimited. But like, okay. it's interesting because this fight is to emphasize, like, yeah, you know, strategy and like your psychology matter a lot more than strength. And then they proceed to throw that the fuck out for the rest of the season and not really come back to it until Hunter Hunter, where they Did actually do it. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> In Hunter Hunter, there's constantly people beating people who are much stronger than them by just like having a better plan. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, sorry. Well, to that honest, does not Togashi, happen. Sorry. To be honest, from what I've understand, for the Three Kings, a lot of people think he wrote it in, or it felt like he wrote it in. So maybe he just got burnt out and just like you know what, forget this. I'm gonna finish off what I need to do for the show. Oh That's yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. That's explicitly he wrote like. When we get to the end of the series, we will read his letter on air apologizing to the fans about the final season of Yu Show. He straight up oh. says, like, yeah, this thing is trash and it's because my life is in shambles right now. Yeah, that's the thing about manga cause. Like, sometimes they have a team. Sometimes they have, like, one other person to issue out weekly, mm-hmm. weekly chapters, which mm-hmm. is nuts. Yeah, it's he was, like, stress. killing himself, basically. That's why this final season starts really cool and then gets weird. Yeah. Did do you guys ever see that? I don't know if you guys showed me it, but the 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 schedule of a mangaka. I think you might have brought it to our attention in a previous episode, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah, basically, it's just a huge line, and 
literally there's like an hour or less of them having anything like really like sleeping because there's like stuff at like the middle of the night they get up to do things like you know write write go to the editor meet with the editor like half like half an hour to eat food write 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 draw draw editor and it's like all not not just like Monday through Friday but the entirety of the weekend yeah it's nuts because it's not even just manga cut. Like, manga cut, absolutely. Like, creatives, if you make any sort of money, for sure. But, like, even regular old people, like, who live and work in Japan for companies, like, that is, like, that's, like, a lifestyle, pretty much. It is insane. They have meals surrounding the fact that you don't have time to go get food of any sort. Mm-hmm. You just need something to keep alive, like, calorie block, which I still want to eat, and I will bring back for you guys just out of curiosity. Oh. Um, literally just high-caloric bars. Is it calorie yeah. block or calorie-made? Calorie-made. Calorie yeah. Block. yeah. That's actually, calorie meat in a block form. <laughs> in Metal Gear Solid, they actually have that as a, an item you can use to regain stamina and health. I always feel like it's a Japanese game. Like, I don't know why. Well, it's because yeah. it's very... The guy who makes American. it is very focused on, like, conflicts between the west and like communism or like other uh other ideologies and so he's very westward focused even though he's coming from a japanese cultural perspective that's interesting okay um so yeah speaking of you know major power conflicts another thing that's talked about is the balance of power in demon world which turns out to be a three-way turf war between demon uh between demon kings and uh the the most recent version of it has to do with the question over eating human beings, and this has been going on for fifteen hundred years, uh, and you know, it's going to get changed given like the entrance of like some new combatants. But like that's kind of like you find out that Demon World, which because of like King Yama's like uh, fucking propaganda, was shown as like just like a lawless like world of like the same shit all over actually turns out to be like a highly complicated political like multifaceted conflict and that like he wanted to keep people from finding out more about demon world so like shut a hard border there yeah um speaking of the demon people uh the, the guy that's uh, the person that uh, i think Morocco that demon Makuro. Uh, and I, yeah uh, the voice sounded really familiar and i looked it up and it's the same person that plays uh, uh, De- uh, Conan Edagawa on Detective Conan. Oh, same character, you know. Oh. Same voice actor, same character, you know. Which is a little bit of distortion. <laughs> a little bit. Actually, it didn't really, was it wasn't really distorted oh. on the thing. It, it's distorted differently in different languages. Um, to, and to different levels. So, Mukuro literally means corpse, and that might give you some idea of what that character is going to be like when you finally meet them. But yeah, so the main uh, topic of the discussion is eating humans. Yusuke's ancestor says they gotta stop. Makuro kind of agrees, and Yomi totally disagrees, and is like, fuck you, it's me, I'm Hitler, let's do this. Uh, yeah, things they should eat is... Like, they're multiplying, we just gotta eat all of them. <laughs> they just want to walk a walk of Pac-Man style all over humans. Yeah, it's interesting, because Yomi, when you get to it, is like in many ways, by human standards, is seen as the most civilized, but he is basically assembling a force to, like, destroy the human realm and eat all people. He finds humans yomi. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So who'd like to comment on the art? Um, Because, like, I've definitely noticed the change, but I feel other people probably have a better sense. I kind of like it. Same. I I didn't notice it at first. I don't know, maybe you have to get used to it. I noticed it with the parfait episode. 
6.95. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, wow, you say his eyes look really huge and sharp. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I like that. He kind of looks built towards more of a man versus a kid that he did in the, the previous episodes. Yeah. He, they're definitely Which... kind of hinting for that because like now like Yusuke's at the end of like being a teenager or at least the way that we would understand a teenager in the U.S. because like he's still technically 14 or 15. He's probably 15 at this point. But like, no, he's probably Pokemon aging. It's he's still fourteen. <laughs> I mean, okay, given the six month time skip, there's like a 0.5 <laughs> probability that he's probably fifteen now. No, he, I think he is fourteen still. God yeah. damn it! He, at this moment, he is fourteen, but he should be turning fifteen oh, soon. Well, well, that's true. I when do they graduate? When's ninth grade there? Uh, I think it's the f- age range is fourteen. Okay, so yeah. but yeah, there's still. So no. he's probably yeah, like he at the end of fourteen. Until he's fifteen, forever, infinitely. <laughs> yeah, I gotta step my game up. I didn't kill any demons or anybody at age fourteen or fifteen. God, what was I doing at age fourteen and fifteen? I was watching you. Yeah, 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 I was watching you have a show. No, I was watching really shit. Um, uh, what is the harem animes that were coming out at that time? Oh God! Like, oh, like, I mean, that's a little like, older. Like Oran but... High School. No, Oran. That's not shitty. Oran. That shit, that's a wonderful, wonderful show, so shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm talking about, like, Shuffle, with the exclamation point. I've or, never uh, heard of it, and I don't want to know. You don't want to. Or a School Days was a thing around that time. School Days? You, the one that turns, like, really dark towards the, the end? The one where the guy is an asshole and rapes half the girls that he's Wow, okay. And then, that's nice. really, And then, here's the kicker. If you haven't watched School Days... That yet, wasn't the kicker? Over. No, it isn't. So, so, oh, I know what you're so here's about. there's so many. Okay, so there's the best friend character and the new girl character, right? Um, I'm of surprised I haven't talked about school days on the show yet. Um, what the fuck? There's a, okay, best friend character, new friend, best friend character, right? Childhood friend, yada yada. New girl, hot, whatever. You know, same old, same old. Um, and then a bunch of sprinklings of other girls in between, and the other girls in between were like either coerced or raped or like they monitored in a weird. I don't know. It's a weird show. And then at the very end, one girl says, I'm pregnant. And then the other girl goes fucking berserk, kills her, stabs her and cuts her stomach open. It's like, she's lying. Which, like, I don't think you can. But anyway, uh, very end of the show Dear is Lord. that the crazy girl cuts off. So the, the, the childhood friend's dead. And then the crazy girl cuts off. They're all crazy, actually. They're all assholes. But the crazy girl cuts off um, the kid's head. The boy, the asshole rapist boy's head, and like the last scene is them floating off in the distance. I think on a boat. I don't know why I remember this on a boat, but she's like on the deck of a boat holding his head, and then it like pans out and it's just his head because she cut it off his body. Is so, that a fucking? I... Is that a fucking Devil Man reference? No, I think it's a light novel. That, that should uh, explain everything. It's a video game. It's a video game. No, it's both. You're thinking of Doki Doki Literature Club. Well, I think it, that might have been inspired was it like, by was, School Days. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure School Days is a light novel. Ooh, okay. Because it, it kind of reminded me how in that period of anime, I remember there's a Kigarashi. Yes, Which yes, was yes, a light yes, novel yes, yes. that was like, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was really cute. And then, then it goes like, gets darker and yeah, darker. Yeah, it gets darker and darker. Yeah. Can we rename this episode uh, Demon Days instead? Demon no, Demon God, Day we're not making fun. a gorilla's reference. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I'm I'm not joking. I honestly think that might be a Devilman reference because, like, 
fucking there's I can think of a number of anime that like end that way with the decapitated head in someone's lap and floating away that are just Devilman references because it turns out Devilman's one of the most sneak influential things ever made. Like Honestly, the seventies yeah. version. So straight up, Tommy watched the seventies version. I watched the new version, Crybaby, on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I never heard of Devilman before. I'm like, this art's interesting, and it gets from like boy who's a demon, kind of confusing, and then jumps to that weird spoilers, spoilers, scene. spoilers. Oh god, yeah. Probably like a, I actually started watching that, so thanks. Oh, okay, great. It gets, <laughs> it gets nuts. Um, but yeah, that's uh, and they're all the same. I was Tommy told me the ending before I watched the ending because I was like, I don't know if I can handle it. And he's like, I'll tell you the end so you can finish it. And I was like, what if it doesn't end like that? I hope it doesn't, and it did. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I actually, have expectations. <laughs> yeah, I actually been taking a break from anime. I started watching Handmaid's Tale. That's a good show. I get too anxious with it. Oh, like, that that show that show gets me so pissed off. I hope so. Like, nice. Oh my god. I just want to punch the TV sometimes. Like, oh my god. Such a good show, though. I I resisted watching it because I knew it would make me angry, and I was right. Oh yeah. man, that but show. I'm here for it. Uh, Anyways, from Madman's in it. <laughs> I need to watch Good Omens after that. Too. That that one you'd like. My oh, sister's yeah. trying to get me to watch that, but I was like, ah, I want to watch Handmaid's Tale first. <laughs> Good opens is good. All right, sorry. No, 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 it's all good. I mean, like, I'd, I'd actually like to watch some of that in the future. But right now, episode 97, Departing Living World, <laughs> a.k.a. Parting, our respective did departures. Give, did we give our thoughts on the episode, or are we just skipping that? Or, I mean, maybe we kind of gave our thoughts. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah, okay, sounds yeah. good. Episode 97. Yeah, I think these. I think this new format is nothing but thoughts, really. <laughs> We're all thoughts. T-H-O-T-S. God damn it. I'm, nothing I'm but thought. thought. My favorite uh, fucking NBA Jam thing. Uh, oh no, it's just thought. Oh no, just thoughts. <laughs> so anyway. episode ninety-seven. Um, in the English, it's called "Departing the Living World," and in the original Japanese title, "Parting Our Respective Departures." <laughs> I like the dramatic pause. I don't know how else to like no, verbalize no, that. The dash dash. Uh, parting dash dash our respective departures. Dash dash that consolidates into da- uh, one dash when you space it out in a weird way. End dash. End dash? Is that what it's called? I'm pretty sure it's end dash. Ooh, fancy. Anyways, anyway. so released September 3rd, 1994, and December 17th, 2005. It's almost Christmas, baby. Um, so well, after the three. September. What? Oh, well, yeah, okay, in the U.S. version, it was almost Christmas. After the three men leave, Kuroko tells Yusuke to leave as well. Kurama and Hiei have received invitation from the other two kings, Yomi and Makuro, respectively. As Yusuke ponders on whether to accept Ryzen's invitation, he says his final farewell to Keiko, saying he will return on his 18th birthday. Oh, so he is 15. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's 15, and that, like, the last episode of the show takes place three years later. Does he really expect Keiko to wait for him, though? Welcome to day, Japan. <laughs> also, what what day was this released? What year was this released in America? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Oh wow, really? I thought it was two thousand two. Nah. Mm, no. Oh, that's it took a-, a long time back in the day to like get things dubbed. Once we started. No, so, oh, so it, they, they dubbed it like all in two thousand two. It took a long time to release. Oh. Right, because oh. it was a weekly format, and then they had that long hiatus. For I forgot what reason. Mm. Like, because because they probably want to show something stupid on Toonami. Well, no, it was still good stuff up at that point. I, I think, think it was just becoming less and less popular. No, Toonami stopped. 
Oh, two nominees? No, that was in 08. They stopped. Oh, 08 stopped? Yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they transitioned shows out pretty... Yeah. And I think they... It's like, wow, Chapter Black's pretty dark, dude. And they're like, we should just put it to the 2 a.m. slot. Which fucked over the entire series for everyone. Yeah. Is that, did that really happen? Yes. Yeah. Tommy would wake up at, he was telling me when he was like a kid, because he watched all of this, like you, yeah. he, at 2 a.m. Yep. Tommy had back kids. I don't think anyone who's under our age watched this or listened to this podcast, but back in the day... When you had, like, a cable, if you got a um, satellite, sometimes the satellite would be on Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you couldn't change it for some reason, or you most people didn't know how to. So his cable was at 5 a.m. So, like, every time oof. he'd watch Yu Yu show, he'd have to wake up at, like, 4.30 in the morning to go watch it at 5 a.m. Oh, Big the oof. thing is, the thing is, my cable, when I have DirecTV, they had both the Eastern and Western stream of it. Mm-hmm. So I can, I watched everything on Tsunami three hours earlier, so it started, like... At like eight or seven PM for me for two, for sorry Adult Swim. That's okay. sick, dude. Oh, so yeah, no. So you had the opportunity to watch everything early. Yeah, that, I, and that's, you didn't. That's what I did. Oh, maybe. No, I did. Oh, I thought oh, you didn't watch Hawk Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did watch like Adult Swim, like a uh, you know Squid Billies, you know uh, Ghost in the Shell, Inuyasha, nice. you know the, the good shows that I probably, <laughs> that I watched. I mean, Ghost in the Shell is pretty badass. Sorry guys, but. I've never actually seen it. It's really good. It's good. It really, the, I love the, it. The anime or the live action? Uh, anime. Don't <laughs> anime. Are you messing me? Oh. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, uh, themes for this episode. The idea of it's in your nature with uh, Yusuke accepting that Hokushin and demons like him eat humans and they're just, he's just cool with it. Yeah, Yusuke really uh, rolls with some shit that uh, will not make <laughs> yeah. some other people happy. It's like, you know what? I'm okay with eating humans. Hey, Keiko, can you come here real quick? <laughs> as long as I don't know them personally, it's fine. No, it's more like, yo, I respect what you're doing. Like, in the English dub, he's like, yeah, vegetarians stare at me like Free I killed someone when I eat a burger. And I'm like, <laughs> if you just literally kill someone and eat them, I understand. Like, you can't help. That's, you know, who needs a, like, a, a conscious or whatever? Or what's it called when you, you're aware of yourself? A conscience? Uh, conscience. Or, yeah, self-awareness or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I what, think... what defines a human between... Man, human what defines a human? Really wow, that's a though. different podcast. <laughs> well, um, to the, the spiritual Haku show. But I was going to say, one thing that's interesting is if this show was remade today, they'd be like, yeah, that's as fucked up as trying to make a dog vegan. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> people do that, and it's bad. Ugh, or, like, make babies... I don't know, babies... Babies can be vegan. Baby, yeah, humans are omnivores. Dogs are literal yeah, carnivores. Are humans are fine. I think... I think... I think a lot of the babies is kind of hard, too, but... You have to just... You have to really make sure they... Yeah, you have to be right careful, but you can. If you have them vegan, with the RGV, they can't drink breast milk because it comes from a person. Well, no, but but that, you're that's, that's, an interesting, <laughs> that's actually interesting, though. Is it technically vegan... If it's your own race drinking the own milk meant for you. I think it's because you consent to it. Yeah, I think it's about consent. Because, like, a cow can't consent to, like, us milking it, essentially. Not that I will drink a milk, cheese, eat yogurt, slaughter a cow if I want to, but I I really do think it comes down to consent for vegans. Yeah, Wait, so... Maybe, I'd assume. so, So they can be vegan... By drinking breast milk, then. Yeah, because the human can consent. Like, gotcha. You can consent. Be like, I want this baby to have my milk. So. I'm surprised I never thought of that earlier. That's Real weird. quick, I'm just going to say this. Do not answer, and let's move on right after I say it. So, is there a philosophical divide between different vegans about the morality of the inspiration for Rammstein's song, Mein Tail? 
Anyways. Mind tile, you mean? Mind tile, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, so, I'll talk to you later about that show. Anyway, so Yusuke being okay with beings who can eat, who need to eat humans, ironically alienates him from people who he seemingly had in co- like things in common with, who resisted his the order to kill Yusuke, a.k.a. Kuroko. So it's like by accepting what is natural for someone else, he manages to push away someone who he had the potential to be close with. So further alienating his human side versus his demon side, and creating that dichotomy of like what he needs, where he where he belongs. Yeah, uh, I don't think it happens now, but, like, one of the people who is most pissed off at, like, Yusuke being okay with this is Kurama. I'm not Kurama, sorry, really? Kuwabara, Kuwabara. I was gonna say, Kuwabara, Kurama, yeah, didn't, Kur- Kurama didn't seem to care at all. Yeah, yeah. Kurama's just like, Kurama's like, fuck it, I'll see you on the other side, homie, like. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's bothered, we're bothered by, like, ugh, crap, Yomi, bro. Yeah, no. He kind of just shows up and, like, yep, I'm, uh. I'm pretty Yomi now. <laughs> we're all uh, fascists now, it's cool. He's yeah, no. That, that's the only thing that really annoyed me about this this episode. Is like they fought, they spent the entire thing fighting these demons and trying to save people. And it's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna go to these demon kings and fight each other now. Well, it's like, it's like I definitely see where people are going with it. Where it's like, really, like, Yusuke wants to know who he is. Kurama, we'll get into this later when it's more relevant. But he effectively now has a sniper rifle of a fucking Death Star-sized laser beam aimed at him, and he's like, if I don't go, everyone I know is going to die. Yeah. Oh, like the person, if he doesn't The person who summoned he... him wants everyone who's ever known Kurama dead. Oh, I see. So if he didn't join them, they're all gonna die instantly. Yeah, so he has no choice in this. Uh, he is just a dick. Yeah, he is just yeah. It's like, yeah, let's go eat some humans, yum. <laughs> well, he, he wants to do some soul-searching as well, but it is less clear what he's doing. Like, basically, mm-hmm. Yusuke's thing is obvious. Kurama's thing becomes very obvious very fast. Hiei's we'll have to talk about in later episodes. I like, I like, the, idea, I like the idea that Hiei's soul-searching a la Ted Bundy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. But he doesn't eat humans. It's the thing. He just likes to fight. Well, I mean, I mean, isn't that what they're doing? Eating humans, and isn't that no. one person that said, "I want to eat humans, baby"? Well, that's Yomi saying. I think Makuro could care less. Like, oh, Kokoro yeah. is the the dead person. Yeah, Makuro's like, like you could do whatever. Yeah. Is it Makuro? Makuro. 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 Okay. I'll get the names down eventually. Um. Yeah, but I guess tying back to whole like nature thing. Um, so Ryzen is basically suffering the consequences of, um, defying his own nature by not eating humans. Hence, which leads to the consequences of him not only starving to death, but also leading to whole power imbalance in the demon world, leading to him needing to reach out to his, like, demon descendant, like, who is Yusuke, and basically kind of starts the plot. We should not say DD. DD. DD, Demon Descendants. And then he could be like the Demon Daddy. Demon Daddy. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that's we what like you were going for initially. Demon Daddy. What did you say, um, <laughs> So, yeah, there's another question of trust and truth with Yusuke saying, you know, he would have trusted. Oh, wait, this seems repeated. 
yeah, I think a lot of these notes are kind of repetitive because I noticed it a lot. But basically, Yusuke was like, dude, you should have just told me that you hu- eat humans from the get-go. Otherwise, I would not have put up such a fight. <laughs> like, I, oh, it's like, I would have oh, just okay. trusted trust that your story was legit if you just told me that one part. Um, <laughs> like, I, oh, we eat humans, yeah. but he doesn't. So, like, that's the one thing yeah. you should know, but... <laughs> you know, he's like, I can tell you're lying about omission. That's still a lie. Yeah, I feel it, it goes along with the thesis of Yusuke being, like, 1992 progressive. You know, like, the, like, his dealings with the earlier transgender character was 1992 progressive, but now is pretty reprehensible. And, like, I think that's the way he's, like, treating these uh, meat, like, these human-eating demons as well. It's just like, you could have just told me and it would have been cool, dog. Anyways, pass the barbecue sauce, please. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So when they said they eat humans, is it, like, some spiritual thing? Or is it they physically, like, tear them apart by eating them and all they- that? Is it a spiritual thing? I when think you eat a they burger? physically eat them, <laughs> but like it depends yeah. probably wildly because remember there was that dude like a long time ago during the uh, like the three items of the spirit world arc that worked Goki. with uh, yeah Goki who like eats who had to eat people but like kept them barely alive so their soul wouldn't escape and then he got the orb of Bost to just ex- extract their soul initially. That's what I was confused about. I wasn't sure if that's the same concept. I don't think everyone has to eat that way. I think it's different between different demons. Mm-hmm. And Kurama's in a human body, so he doesn't really need to eat humans anymore. Yeah, I think Kurama can just eat human food. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. He can eat cows now. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, we're going out to grab something. Uh, we're getting human food, human stew. What do you want? Uh, Sentience. Can I, can I go vegan? Okay, I'll get you the burger and fries. <laughs> nice. And then seeking another thing with trust. So Kuroko initially trusted Genkai when she told her that Kuroko and Yusuke were a lot alike. And that's why it was, like, cool for Yusuke to go to Kuroko for advice. And she thought, like, you know, maybe he is someone worth protecting after she got to know him initially. But then as soon as she, like, overheard the entire conversation with Yusuke being like, yeah, dude, if you humans, like, that's just what you gotta do. (laughs) She's like... I can't trust you anymore. Like, she explicitly says, like, it's different now. I don't think you belong here in the human world. You should just leave for demon world. Um, I don't trust you to be around my children. Um, Even though you say, like, I would never hurt them. She's like, yeah, but have you always been yourself lately? So a lot of it kind of ties into... It's even a stronger divide of, like, is Yusuke more human or is he more demon now? Like, where does he fall in line? Yeah, no, I I do think it's... Oh, sorry? Where does he fall in line? He doesn't know. Yeah, we'll find out. I think it is interesting, though, that they bring up the idea of him not being in complete control. Like, the idea that in his conscious self, he is totally fine and he's still the same guy. But that, like, he could just always fall into, like, this idea of, like, instinct or something deeper... That, like, could mm-hmm. just destroy everyone around him. And himself? Yeah, you, you get you get flashes of, like, weird, like, racism. Like, not saying the show is racist, more like, oh, people being like, who knows, maybe, like, you'll revert back to, like, your terrible ancestors, stuff like that, you know? Like, you brought something back with you. Just start blowing up cities. Yeah, pretty much. Um... So, yeah, another thing that's interesting is the return of the past. In Yusuke's case, 
like he's finding about about who he is, you know, but it's secondhand. He has to find out from other people, and like it's coming back at a genetic level. In Kurama's case, he's approached by a uh, person dressed very feudally, and then when he hears the name that he's being summoned by Yomi, he's terrified. Like basically, uh, he is. Imagine if like you were a criminal and you did terrible things to terrible people, but the no, you were a warlord and you did terrible things to terrible people, but the person that you did the absolute po- worst possible thing to of anyone uh, is suddenly you find out that not only did they not die, that they're, like, many times more powerful than anyone you've ever met now and, like, want to hear from you. Yikes. I feel like it's a reckoning, like, if this is the situation. Like, yeah. I'd be surprised, like, oh, finally, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it, so. It's not even, like, thinly events to, like, why Karama is so, like, basically shitting his pants. Because he's <laughs> like, I, oh, Karama, guess what? I found the guy who took my light, aka blinded me. Just want to let you know. BT Dubs. Uh, hey, Dubs. long time no see. Um. <laughs> Join my gang, and I will not, and I won't kill all your family and everybody you ever knew and loved, so. What if I yeah. told you I became, uh, like, I don't know, uh, Hitler? And, um, I want to see you. And if you don't, I will kill all your family and everyone you know and loved. Well, so he hasn't even made the threat verbally yet, because, like, Yomi's basically saying that just his presence is enough to make Kurama realize that, like, everyone he knows is under threat. Because he wouldn't be being contacted by this person if they didn't know what he had done to them and, like, right. you know, what was up. So basically, like, Yomi's pretending not to know anything's even wrong. He's just like, come on, dude, we're buds. Just just show up. And then, like, under the table, he has a fucking shotgun pointed at Kurama. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of mind games going around here, and I think that the mind games will intensify as the season goes on. But this is, like, a little, a little uh, snippet on what Kurama has to deal with. Yeah, their relationship is one of my favorite things about this season. Like, the fact that, like, Yomi knows that Kurama knows, and Kurama knows Yomi knows, but no one's gonna say it until they have to say it. Awkward. It's amazing. Yeah, and then, also, the episode deals with a lot with, like, what the future can hold. And it... Kirko's husband, whose name I forgot, um, before Yusuke, like, leaves, he um, finishes reading Yusuke's fortune. And it explicitly says, like, there's going to be a separation between you and your friends, dot, dot, with blood. So it alludes to how Yusuke, Kurama, and Hiei are now going to join different size, sides of the demon turf war, with Yusuke joining his ancestor Ryzen, Kurama with Yomi, and Hiei with Makuro. Weird how that works out. I know. And uh, it also deals with the human characters dealing with the future. Kubara's planning to go to high school and have like an adult life beyond the spirit world shenanigans. Shizu is the one who's actually making him like stay on task, study hard. And a lot of it's leading to her past regrets of not being a diligent student either and then she's like don't become a loser like me and study hard so i think it's kind of implied where she says like she raised him so i don't think they don't go too much into the past in the anime about why kuwabara is just with his sister only um but in the manga they don't really explain why their parents aren't really there either 
the like, his dad, dad shows, shows up, up, right? Yeah. But he's just, he, there's no reason why, like, his dad isn't living in the same apartment as, um, he just shows up. It's, it's the, the mom dad. anime dad. Uh, I don't know. I would think so. She may as well be. Yeah, I think the mom's <laughs> probably implied to be dead or implied by complete absence versus everyone else to be dead. Yeah. I, I do like how Cool Bar is effectively now the Gohan of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's a remarkably similar turn of things that happens in Hunter x Hunter with the Kuwabara-like character, but he doesn't have a Shizuru-like character with him. He just has himself and his glasses and his pointy black hair. Actually, he has memories, but that's all I'm going to say. Um, his random note, his character design kind of reminds me of Bash Stampede. Especially with the glasses and the tall hair. Oh, Leorio? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. It was it was the late nineties, so that there was probably something in the water with regards to that style. Oh, I just I just realized Spass from Trigun, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I got that same vibe too. Yeah. Uh so Keiko is also studying and planning for high school and aiming for an all girls school and uh, you know, tells Yusuke basically like, Oh yeah, when you come back when you're eighteen you can meet my new boyfriend. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So in yes, the she... Latino version, when, uh, you know, well, so, okay, in all the versions, when Yusuke comes to visit and order from the restaurant, because her parents run, like, a small, like, this is common in Japan of restaurants where, like, people live on top of, effectively. Um, and he orders, like, you know, a fried meat dish, or like, he orders, like, a meat dish of some sort. I forget what they specifically say, but in the Latin version, he asks for carne asada, which... <laughs> Which which literally means, like, you know, grilled meat. But, like, since all of us are coming from the States and Arizona specifically, carne asada has the specific connotation of grilled taco meat. So it's just yeah. really weird because it's just like him going in and be like, hey, I know this is a Japanese restaurant, but could you please make me tacos? I actually wonder, I wonder how a taco shop would, would fare in Japan. Um, so I can, yeah, there's not very many. Mexican, at least... I know three years ago there was t- they just got the first Taco Bell ever, mm-hmm. and it was the fanciest motherfucking thing I have ever seen. It was oh. like in Shibuya. Like I want to go to Jap- Japanese Taco Bell so bad. It now. was like it was actually pretty good, but it it wasn't like Mexican food. It was very Americanized, Japaneseified. That's so American weird. American Mexican food. Um, I don't know. Have you been been to a Mexican restaurant or another ethnic restaurant in no. Japan? Well, I know how it is in the Philippines, I and mean, it's just <laughs> when I think. If it's not, like, American food, how other cultures interpret, like, other cultures' mm-hmm. food, it's just, it, there's only, like, the, either the ingredients that are available, mm-hmm. they just don't have the same stuff, or that they tailor it to their flavors, mm-hmm. yeah. um, like, their, the palate of the culture, or maybe it's just because I knew someone who owned a really crappy restaurant in the Philippines, and their take on Mexican food was like fish tacos with mayo. Yeah, I mean to be fair, yes. Uh, I you know in Japan most Part of their of food is is technically even their so-called traditional Japanese food, like tempura, was imported from. It takes from Portuguese. Like yeah, Portugal. that one's Portuguese. Yeah, Portuguese like tempura. The bread, bread isn't really custom to Japan. Things like that. Um, but like in the Philippines, for example, like burgers in the Philippines have a weird rubbery t- texture. Like it's not just ground beef. It's like what? What do you There's think? There's pork it is? and some fillers. 
Japanese version they're like it's ambiguous when it is. Uh, yeah. sense. 
but they're still barely graduating middle school. Yeah. yeah. They're still children. I think in Japan, you just need a middle school education. Like, high school's, like, technically optional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like... staying for his middle school graduation? Um, <laughs> nope. I think I'd have to look into this, but I do remember you can get out of school earlier, but I forget, like, what conditions are, and you might have to have a job. I forget. Yeah. That's right. you, have to, you have to have that money. Yeah. Money. Anyways, um... Yeah, so Keiko basically asks for a sign that everything's gonna be alright, and, uh... Yusuke gives a classic <laughs> backwards wave, uh, very shown in anime... I forget, um, was this after the part in the English version where he falls down the hill and says, Look, I'm a crab! No, it's what? actually... Oh, I for, that is, so it's after. It's after he proposes. She's, like, in her room, and she's, like, staring at the mirror, and she's like, ah, I just don't know how to feel. And then she kind of hears Yusuke leaving the restaurant, and then oh. she looks out the window, and she thinks to herself, Yusuke, just give me a sign that everything's going to be okay. And he and turns he, around. And he, like, stops... No, he doesn't turn around. He just stops, and he, like, waves the back of his hand. Like, he doesn't even look, turn around to look at her. He's like, fucking bitch, man. Like, if I was Keiko's friend, I'd be like, you need to dump that asshole wait, right now. He was too far away to know what she was doing, so basically he predicted that she was going to do that. And, like, one thing, I, I knew, yeah, I know that she probably should break up with him in any realistic situation. In fact, we'll talk about in Hunter Hunter how that might be what happened. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, that, we're talking about Keiko and Yusuke in Hunter x Hunter? No, that uh, Jing's wife may have fucking left him. Okay, I will talk about that later, but I just found what... Uh, never mind, continue, continue. Anyways, and it may have left him for the exact fucking reason that Keiko should leave him. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways... That's good, that's solid, that's a... yeah. But uh, what, yes. what I was going to say real quick was... Uh, one thing that's interesting is in one of the Yu Show ending themes, they say, like, you know... Uh, I forget which song it is. I, I'm I'm really sad that I'm not remembering, but we can look this up later. Basically, one of the lyrics is like, "I look at your back as you walk away, and I shoot arrows of trust and courage at you, uh, giving you all the trust you'll ever, uh, giving you all the strength you'll ever need." And like, oh. I think that is in either direct reference or tremendous thematic resonance with this scene. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't think about that. That's a good observation. And I forget if that's in the English version or the Japanese version. It's one of the two, but, like, it is very much, like, this scene. And I always thought that was amazing that's incorporated at that level. Or is a sick coincidence. So, yeah, another idea of uh, identity inheritance. Uh, Hokushin compares Yusuke to Ryzen, saying that he's a true son of the great King Ryzen and that it's the country's highest compliment, even though Yusuke is fucking pissed off about it. Like they're yeah, effectively comparing, <laughs> they're effectively comparing Yusuke not only to their like leader and their king, but like effectively to a demigod who has ruled for more than a thousand years. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, it is really interesting, and it's pointing out like, and it's not even like a like oh you look so much like him. It's like it's good qualities. Like he's fair and he has a good sense of reasoning and he's strong. But even those things like use case, it's not having it. Yeah. Cause um, he's still angry about his fight with Sensui being stolen, even though realistically he probably would have died if like yeah. Ryzen hadn't interfered. Yeah. And then it goes into with identity. The reason why he's even bothering going to demon worlds just to figure out who he is where his powers come from, and uh, hopefully just get the answers. Um, and then 
kind of to wrap things up, we kind of talked about the demon world politics, but um, basically after when Ryzen dies, um, Makuro and Yomi are going to fight it off to become the top um, dog, basically. <laughs> so Yomi, um, he recruits Kurama because he wants to unite demon world as one under his own rule, while Makuro recruits Hie to fight, to just keep things the way they are, but probably a little bit more chaotic because uh, he is known to be like this chaotic, tyrannical ruler. Yeah, like, they're seen as, like, diametric opposites, like, Yomi, Yomi's, like, order, Makuro is chaos, and then, mm-hmm. like, Ryzen was, like, sort of, like, a zen-like third way, but he's, you know, being eliminated by his own choices with regards to his diet. Mm-hmm. diets, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get your protein. <laughs> yeah. Hey. you guys are gonna regret saying gotta get your protein when it gets into what caused him to not eat humans anyways i'm uh, assuming it's that pussy right yeah anyways (laughs) he ate too much of that (laughs) no she got her protein uh so episode 98 return to demon world uh aka to the demon realm a meeting with the father uh wow that sounds like he's meeting the father the son or the holy ghost but you get the idea (laughs) He's a very um, Catholic episode. <laughs> Catholic, nice Catholic boy. Wow. This Speaking of um, that, it was released on September 10th, 1994 and December 24th, 2005. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what's that one? I totally forgot. Did I, I even... Would watch, who would watch this on Christmas Eve? We did. So, oh, yeah, did. for the record, uh, Filipinos really care a lot more about Christmas Eve than Christmas. And so we yeah. were probably all doing shit instead of watching this episode. Oh, Minus yeah, Patrick. Never... Wait, Patrick, does your family do Christmas Eve? Patrick's not here. I'll oh. tell you about Tommy because he's he's non Filipino. <laughs> yeah, Patrick is right out of the moment. Do you... No worries. Uh, oh, so yeah. in this episode, Kuabara receives the news that Yusuke Kurama and Hiei are on their way toward the demon uh, demon world. The three men escort Yusuke into the forces of Ryzen. Yusuke, incensed at Ryzen's interference in his fight with Shinobu, Black Angel Sensui, encounter... Who wrote that? This is from Wikipedia. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot the Wikipedia ones are not the initial official ones. So, like, I was just like, they're fucking introducing him like an MMA fighter. They're like, Shinobu, Black Angel Sensui. Encounters and attacks him, but it is easily defeated. Ryzen then begins to train Yusuke as his successor. So, yeah, that's basically the episode. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of this episode kind of deals with more of who are you, where do you, like, what side do you belong to, and how this affects your relationships. Uh, with Amy Kubara learning that Yusuke is going to leave Human World, um, he feels very betrayed, accused Yusuke of siding with the demons, and... He's also very mad at Kurama and Hie when he learns that they're leaving Human World too to fight basically on opposite sides of this demon world war. And he just feels it's like they're abandoning their friendship, basically disregarding everything that they've been to together just for another fight. Um, and he's pissed at like Spirit World, Koenma, the SDF. Um, for basically enabling this. Um, he's mad at Genkai for encouraging it. 
And he's like, what the hell? Why are you guys doing this? He (laughs) definitely has some right to be mad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting that, like, the only reason Spirit World is helping with this shit is because, like, we want these people the fuck out of human world. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um... Another thing that I think is interesting... Well, not this is not an interesting note. This is more like a dumb joke. You guys have seen that meme of, like, Meg from Family Guy being like, you guys always think you're better than me. Like, yes. that's fucking Kuwabara right now. Aww, he is oh, the he Meg. Is Meg. Did you guys see um, that his power is to have his nails grow really fast? What? No, that's a fucking, that's a fucking Family Guy reference. Oh, I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah, nails get long. Um, oh, God. So there's the concept Wait, is, of... Isn't that the power of uh, older Chiguro? Um, no, we're talking about in the episode of Family Guy where they get powers and Meg's only power is her nails growing long because we were talking about how Kuwabara is Meg in that meme of you guys always think you're better than me. Oh, right. So when Tommy gets mad at me as oh, a no. joke, he'll sometimes... Not, not actually mad, but like when we're joking around, he'll be like, shut up, Meg! And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. Damn. <laughs> so... Meg stands for Megan, right? No, it's Megatron. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so there's the theme of um, reaching your potential. Yusuke is going to Demon World to train with Ryzen to find out more about himself and what he's capable of. Um, with Genkai, uh, you know, remembering how Yusuke had once had difficulty fighting in the darkness of her compound when he first came through to her, and now how it's, you know, different. Like, it is crazy how far he's come. And she tried guiding him through the shadows to show him what he could become, but now it's a question of him. He's gone beyond it. It's a question of him finding his own limits and, like, what he needs to get to. Yes, and she kind of alludes to, like, what's his, why, why he's so confused. Because, like, he's trying, she's trying to explain to Kuwabara that he needs to do this. The more that Yusuke has come to learn about himself, so learning about his demon heritage, um, the more unclear his he, what he knows of his place to be in this world is. So the more you see, the the less clear things become is the, the quote from the English dub. Um, so she says that he deserves the chance to find out the answers of his true, of his heritage, who true he truly is. And just to have faith in him that he'll still be the, at the end of the day, he'll still be the same good Yusuke that they know. And they can't stop his demon side anyway because they're all like super weak compared to him so they may as well just let him go that's fair yeah yeah so um with follow with like you know reaching your potential kuwabara as set up in the previous episode is studying to get into elite prep school and eventually become either a lawyer or a doctor yusuke kind of tells him that um you know i this this feels very uh man this should be a subtle asian traits post it's just like yeah. oh man everyone wants me to be a lawyer or a doctor i can't believe he didn't say an engineer but too bad or um, no, oh he's not filipino yeah <laughs> it it nurse yeah. um very leorio by the way just saying yeah like, I, can, <laughs> I can't wait for hunter hunter god damn it um they wrote they wrote kubar the same out the same exact way oh really well, uh, I don't, it's not really, not really writing you out, but, like, essentially the paths are very similar and their actions and character arcs are actually pretty similar now that I look at, now that I know what happens with Kobara so far, yeah. so far. It's, so, it's, like, it's kind of different. He's a prototype Leorio. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. They are very different, but yeah. very similar. Because, like, you saw Leorio, right? Yeah. And he's a total dick in the, <laughs> the 1998 version. Um, he's not nearly as aggressive in the... 
in the rest of the show. Um, yeah. But, it, yeah. It's interesting because in Kuwabara's case, they're like, oh, you becoming a lawyer slash doctor is a reason for you to leave the main group and quit being a shonen protagonist. While in Hunter Hunter, it's like, you being a doctor is the perfect reason for you to be a shonen <laughs> protagonist. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It's very, I like, guess. they basically just changed their tone of voice. Um, so Yusuke finally meets with his demon daddy, uh, and who daddy. seems more happy to kill him if he isn't strong enough. And, like, I think it's a, a it's a question of how much of a front this is or not. Um mm-hmm. I think the idea is he knew that Yusuke would be up to the task, but he's going to scare him half to death by, like, fucking slicing him open by just flicking air at him. Such yeah. a, that's such an anime trope, too. Just be like, I'm going to move and air's going to cut you. Yeah. And also, I'm going to talk you down and be like, yeah, I took over your body because I knew you were a weak ass and that human was just going to kill you, so you should be grateful that I did that. <laughs> He's very, uh, he's kind of a gaslighting Asian dad. <laughs> so basically an Asian dad. Woo! Anyways, uh, I can't say anything because I only grew up with an Asian mom. Anyways. Uh, so he goes Yusuke into a fight to get him off of his throne, which uh, Yusuke technically does because he destroys the throne with a spirit gun, but Ryzen just sits there and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. That doesn't count. Um, and then he... Beats the shit out of Yusuke, and, like, he says he sees potential in him, and, like, they're gonna figure out a way to get him strong enough to, like, actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the topic of good versus evil, which is, in the show, basically, it's humans and spirit world versus demons. And it ties a lot with, like, the main reason why is upset is that not only are his friends abandoning him and the humans... They're basically banning him for what he's understood for this entire time, that he's known that there's more than just what's in front of him. He's They're basically going for what he see, has always seen as evil. So, um, he Genkai scolds him like, hey, there's no reason to assume that Kuwara, Hiei, and Yusuke are going to give up the good fight. And Kuwara's like, no way, they're going to the demon world. Evil is all they do. Kuwara's some then, racist shit. Yeah, so where's the shit? And Nikita's like, uh, I'm a demon. <laughs> Not everyone from there is evil. <laughs> oh, man. And he's like, Ugh. basically said, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> you know the crazy part is that, like, I don't know if you're going to get to the part, but, like, is a dumbass, and he's just like, oh, by the way, find Yukina, while well, we're talking about Yukina, find Yukina's long-lost brother. Oh, yeah. Where'd <laughs> you do go to that? Because it's like, oh, God. Everyone else around you is just like, uh, buddy. It's, it's like, why did you get so weird when I, why does everyone get so weird when I bring that up? And then he especially is a total dick about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And also, another moment is, like, with the SCF officers, as they're closing the tunnel um, when Yusuke leaves, they're like, yeah, um, they fear him, but they also have a sense of respect. Um, They've been told that he's a monster, but one of the comments, like, looking at him leave, he looks like a hero from this Mm. angle. Does, is, who says it? Is it the guy who captured Yoko back in the day, or banished Yoko back in the day? No, it is the blonde lady who says he looks like a hero, and the blue-haired guy who comments, like, yeah, I think, I can respect him. 
Wait, wait, the like tall blue hair guy? Like his yeah. hair is his hair is tall? No, his he looks what does he look like? Is he the chew looking he, dude? He looks have you ever watched Slayers? No. <laughs> Ah, oh, damn it. That's the only player reference I have. Oh, I don't wow. know what that is, but I thought it was like, such an obscure reference. Like, <laughs> no, it was a pretty popular anime back in the day. Never heard of Slayers. Never heard of it, dude. Oh, my God. With, like, Lena... Lena Universe. Inverse. Yeah. Also voiced by Genkai. Oh, really? Yeah, the guys... uh, the Japanese version. Oh, okay. Damn, I feel like so out of touch now that, like... Fucking a real nerds. I watched. Fuck off, Megan. You've seen way more anime than me. (laughs) Who is that? Yes, but there's a character who looks like a golem, but he looks like that guy I'm talking to. Mr. Golem Man. No worries. (laughs) Um, But basically, it's kind of like acknowledging that maybe the other side isn't as bad as they thought it was. With Yusuke being like the prime example of like, hey. He's both. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. You just gotta have a halfie to, like, bring us all together. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. It's a very 90s idea of what it will be like to unite people. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I man, if we just color. all if we just all fuck, we're good. I don't see humanity or demon world. We're all just one big mass of living beings. You could be purple for all I care. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Uh, the next theme is balance of power. Yes. <laughs> this time, it's not just... It's between the three worlds. So the politics and happenings of demon world will have an impact on both spirit and human world. It's the main reason why King Enma, um, he basically... Uh, says okay to the request of the theme demon lords um, to have Yusuke, Kurama, and Hiei um, get like passage into demon world because they would have to have the the SCF essentially escort them now that the Kakai barrier is up. So I don't know if it's I was wondering like why Kawanmo or the King Emma would do it. I was thinking like either. They just don't want to wash their hands of the problem. Um, or they recognize, like, oh, shit, this is, like, a little bit bigger than what we can handle. Which, I guess, goes into the same thing, but... It's it's like they're the like, way... oh, fuck, we have all this nuclear waste. Let's throw it through a portal. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, the way Junior explains it, at least in England, in the English dub, mm-hmm. is that, like, independently, all three of them said, hey... I want this one random dude who happens to be friends with these other two random dudes, <laughs> and I want them in my possession, and I promise I'll leave you guys alone. Like, like no one thought that was going to be fishy. Like, so no one I, thought maybe. <laughs> I know why Ryzen reached out for Yusuke. I know why, like, Yomi reached out for Kurama. I wonder if straight up Makuro was just like, ah, uh, I guess I got the last guy. But I, I yeah. like, Hiei is probably also line. like, I like you being real into chaos. That's my shit because I'm a goth jock. Um, <laughs> but also, but also, uh, I'm I'm now wondering if part of the reason this might just be me inferring too much, like over reading it. Like, I wonder if the glacial village that he's from is from is in Makuro's territory, and that's part of the reason. Hmm. I mean, I, I, that would make more sense. Or he had to pick between Hiei, Keiko, and Kuwabara, uh, and was like, well... <laughs> One of them can make carne asada, I've heard, so maybe. <laughs> Yum. That sounds evil, but delicious. Let's, uh... <laughs> evil con carne asada? Evil oh my god. 
Uh, yeah, so um, Kie is pretty unbothered by having to potentially fight Yusuke because, you know, he's on Makuro's side. If that is our destiny, then so be it. And, like, he shows, like, a... Like, Kurama asks about this, but, like, Kie basically makes it sound, like, very menacing. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm down to fight. We'll be cool. And then he kind of stares at the camera. Yeah, it's kind of like every time he's like, oh, yeah, um... I'm just gonna go, wink, wink. Like, nothing's gonna happen, wink, wink. (laughs) It is hard to predict what he is gonna do. I think that's why he actually does fit a lot with Makuro. Because we don't know what's going on in his head. Uh Uh-oh. Or do we? Uh-huh. Well, we'll find out. So they then then kind of discuss the different kingdoms and how they sort of reflect each of the rulers. Uh, In the case of Ryzen... Uh, the place is pretty barren. Followers like are loyal to a fault, and the time is set by the hourly growls from Ryzen's stomach. <laughs> um, we we don't show this in these episodes, but the similar thing, uh, Gandara, which is where Yomi is from, is a city. It is the it is like a many times more advanced than human civilization city, like Wakanda style, uh, wow. and like reflects like who Yomi is as a person. And Makuro's place is, like, full of a bunch of, like, biological constructs that have been made into buildings. It's just like, oh, here's a hollowed-out giant bug tumor. This is where we live now. What the fuck? Yeah, it is kind of rough looking. It's very interesting, though. Man, it would suck to live in an H.R. Giger uh, wonderland. Yeah, they're very, uh, they're very fucking StarCraft races. Yeah, Um, I mean, got the Zerg with the friggin' Extends... Like weapons. Wait, extends like the penis medication? No, the movie. The... No, he's talking about Existens. God damn it, we've had this discussion on this podcast before. The penis movie. Thing. God damn it. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll get into more detail about those countries in the future. But I actually really like that they're highly differentiated in terms of how society works, and like, cause like you know, freaking uh, Yomi's. I mean, uh, Makuro's territory is effectively like feudal. Like, uh, Ryzen's is, like, some sort of weird half-theocratic state. And then, uh, Yomi's is, like, this, like, actual literal fascist state. (laughs) It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I put in the notes how way earlier in the episode, I think it had starts out, Shizuru is on Kuwar's ass to study, so she, like, fries him with, like, dinner, <laughs> basically. And he's like, if you read this book on geopolitical shifts of the 21st century, then you can have this dessert. And I thought, like, wow, that is very relevant to this episode. Yo, could I... I actually would enjoy both of those, so if someone could make that deal with me, that'd be great. Mm, I'm hungry, guys. Like, I'm... <laughs> we'll, we'll power through. Um, yes, yeah, so we only have a couple more things, so kind of like tropes I noticed throughout the episode. The best way to get to Kuwabara is through his heart or his stomach. Yukida! In the notes. Motan has moments of being an honorary cat girl. Yeah, that, that was pretty weird. It's like, why is she, why is she owning this cat thing? It's <laughs> the show as like a gossip. Yeah. Oh, uh, real quick, it took everything in my power not to read that Yukina thing the way that Mito screamed gone in that last episode. <laughs> gone. Please don't, because our ears will believe. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. Uh, th- <laughs> this episode has a lot of spirit world being shady and engaging in, like, actual, like, real politic. 
the way that like you know negotiations are handled in like uh geopolitical geopolitical relations so that's pretty cool um yeah Kurbara still doesn't know anything about yukina's brother no he doesn't he doesn't know anything he didn't know about the death warrant on yusuke which I thought was like I thought everyone kind of knew that this girl was trying to kill him. I feel like Jagashi kind of forgot Kobara. I was like, oh shit, people like him. I need to. <laughs> and um, there's like in the English dub, there is kind of this running joke about Kobara needing like his contacts. Um, like so, he thought when Botan was trying to get his attention by meowing like a cat. He thought it was his own cat. And then when he notices Botan, he's like, oh, I'm just looking for my contact. And then when he's about to cry when yeah. he's leaving, he's like, oh, you're mushy. Never mind. There's just something in my eye, my contact. And then I think Yukina, Yukina was like, or like, oh, someone says, you don't wear contacts. And Yukina's like, he doesn't? <laughs> Like, meaning he cries in front of her all the time. <laughs> that's my assumption on it, though. I actually think that's a good read. He probably cries tears of joy, tears of joy around her all the time. Yeah. Which is cute. I've never thought about that. That's really cute. Um, yeah, so the, Yusuke tells the SDF to close the portal behind him because he'll find his own way back to human world. I'm just kind of surprised the SDF wasn't like, did, did you think we intended to leave this open? <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Maybe he, maybe just in case, you know, he wanted to visit a Kuobara. You know, long weekends, like, oh, how's it going? Ah, my dad's been such a dick. He's been riding me hard all week. Low. So, Yusuke, speaking of that, Yusuke arrives in Demon World early, and, like, the monks are like, well, we gotta run for a whole week to get to the the place. Is that cool with you? And so it shows this montage of them doing, like, a music video style running through a a desert for a week. It's pretty cool. I just imagine that song, you know, and I run, I run so far away. Oh, I was imagining Knights of Cydonia by Muse. How does that one go? Uh, I'm on the train to Bangkok. Uh, <laughs> That's the intro. Uh, um, as pure musical theater majors, we should all do one whole episode where we are all singing all the time Les Miserables style. Oh, God. That's awesome. You stay, so why are you such an asshole? That sounds exhausting. I still want to do the episode where we listen through all the different language versions of the intros and outros and talk about them. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, I actually want to do that as a whole episode before we switch to Hunter x Hunter. That'd be funny. And we do an episode about the video games of the game where, like, maybe the week before Patrick gets everyone together and we all, like, play some of the video games. You'd have to come down for that, right? I might play the game separately on my own or Skype in and watch you guys. Gotcha. Uh, I streamed it on, like, Twitch or some shit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, Yusuke's demon form looks exactly like Ryzen, except with black hair and tattoos that Ryzen doesn't have. Oh, doesn't Ryzen like, have tattoos, though? He has, like, face markings, but not tattoos of all over his body. Which leads, to, a... which leads to the theory <laughs> we talked about last time, where it's just like, I wonder if these would look good on me. Let me test them on my son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's, it's like, hey, son, can you chest out this new barbed wire tattoo I want to get? I really want a butterfly tramp stamp. Uh, <laughs> what are some other generic tattoos? Can I get kanji on my left heart saying heart on there? Well, if he, if he fucking heart? did that, it would be appropriate. He's Japanese. <laughs> he's, he's always got lip, laugh, love on his <laughs> Ryzen's a wine mom. <laughs> uh, the infinity symbol. Man, he gets a tribal tattoo. Tattoos. 
I, I, you know, there's someone out there listening right now who's like, I have all these fucking tattoos, you asshole. They're like, I was going to give you a five stars. Here's a one star, bitch. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, kiss my live, laugh, love tattoo and ass. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's great. Wait. Yeah, that's all I've kind of noticed about the episode. Do you guys have any other thoughts on it? Um, I did. I did like when he was like, "Yo, son," and I was thinking the entire it's like, "Yo, son, what's up?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was um, wondering what that note was about, where it just said "Yo, son" in all caps. He, he it literally said that he's like, "Yo, comma son." It's like okay. He probably said that in actual Japanese too, because that's like a common greeting. Yo, son. Yo, well, yo, and then I don't know about the word for son, but nice. Um, Oni-chan, I think? No. no. That's brother. Uh, Do you guys... Okay, so I really, matter. really like this set of episodes because it sets up a lot of really good shit that is just going to spoil, like, um, like, like grade-A milk in the sun. Like, as in, it goes bad quick? It goes real bad. Like, the next set of episodes will still be good, and probably the set after that. It's, like, after that, where it's just like, what is going on? So it's like so, Game of Thrones, like, the last yes, season. It straight of. up is. <laughs> so is it, like, Michael Jackson, like, as in bad as in he's, like, you know, bad like the album, or bad as in he was really fucked up towards the end of his life? No, I think the Game of Thrones thing is a really good comparison, where it sets up all this cool shit. And then they're just like, I don't know, I want to do something else with my life. In in <laughs> Tagashi's case, he's really tired and, like, nearly killing himself with work. So he's like, hey, uh, guys, I'm just going to speed this up, like, really accelerate this character moment. So they're not be- unbelievable in themselves. It's just, like, way too fast. So none of this development yeah. makes sense. Yeah, let's do that. And that's how it ends. Wow, I, kinda... I think Game of Thrones... Uh, the the writers of Game of Thrones must have watched the Hawk shows last season. Was like, this is why people like it. This is yeah. what I want. <laughs> this is what I really need, guys. If we could just do that, that'd be great. I imagine like him writing is like oh, vacation's the only thing on my mind right now. It's like, oh, okay, cool bar. Just, he just fucking dies. Uh, anyways, that's it. There you go. Vacation time. See you guys later. Bye. That yeah. Me, how how much money do you think the the Monica's make? Is it like are they like you can probably. Uh, not a lot. It's probably not it, much. Really? Like, cause my, the thing I was thinking is that I see their homes and it's super small. Is it like... I mean, if you need to live in Tokyo, you have to live somewhere small. I guess. Yeah. But like, I saw his home on this inner, like a, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, Akira, no, not Akira, sorry, uh, Hirohiko Araki. He, like, had this little shitty apartment thing. Oh my! It's like, what the fuck? Wait, that's, that's... That's the guy named Jojo. Hold on. That was in... I looked it up, it said $40,000, and I was like, that's not a lot, but that's in, that's in Houston, Texas. So let's see what it is in Japan. I was like, I don't think Monica's make 40000 I mean, the Monica. good news is with digital technology, probably people can make manga in rural, like, in rural Japan now and just, like, send it mm-hmm. over the internet to their publisher, in which that's case... How, um, Sorry, uh, the the woman who writes um, Full Metal Alchemist, or who, who wrote Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah, series, you're right. That's how she lives her life. Actually, she lives. She fucking hates Tokyo. I think, or according to the rumors I've heard, she like she doesn't want to deal with it. She wants to write what she wants to write and deal, you know, do what she wants to do. I mean, she literally so she grew up on a anywhere. farm, so I wouldn't be surprised if she's like, "Fuck mm. the city." Yeah. Farm life. It actually makes sense. It makes sense based on her. Uh... The char- the character, all the characters living in like rural areas for the most part. Yeah, there's like a strong evidence of like a bias towards like pastoralism in uh, Fulmer Alchemist in a way that I like really enjoy. Um, 
Honestly, if we had, like, a lot more time, I would have liked to have done a Full Metal Alchemist podcast at a certain point, but, like, that's probably been podcasted to hell and back, so I don't want to do it. I was about to say my friend has one. He did one with his, uh, his brother. It was, like, the two brothers cast or something. Actually, I'll shout them out real quick. I have them on my phone. It's really cool. I had a friend in high school. Him and his brother uh, did a podcast based on that, and they talked about their experiences as brothers and what they really picked it up. Let me see if I can find the name of it. So the, while you're trying to find oh, it's, that... it's called the Brotherhood Podcast. Oh. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's on It's on iTunes. They have... There are 40 episodes. I think they... They might have finished it. They only have, they have like four. Oh, I think they might have not. It's like they're up episode forty, and that was like in seventeen October thirtieth. I'll give him a call. See what he's doing with that. But yeah, just shout outs if you want to watch a interesting uh, take on the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Just watch the Brotherhood podcast on iTunes. Nice. Okay, so Megan, what, um, what's your note? Because I think it's the last thing we have time for. Last thing. I mean, we we've wasted so much time at this point. But um, so manga cop. Give me a second while I say this. The manga cop bake approximately in USD as of 2018, $160,000 a year. However, they have to pay for their own staff. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Wait, so that's yep. is that 160000 gross or 160000 net? So that's, it just says 160000 The actual article is in Japan, it's in Japanese. Um, but then he pays salary insurance and food for all his assistants, which cost him a combined 18 million yen. So 16 million yen is what he makes technically based, and then 18 million yen is what he gives out to everybody else. So essentially, um, that means each assistant makes about $30,000 a year. Um, so, but like, he really only makes a profit if the manga you're writing becomes a huge hit. Yeah, I mean, that does, sounds get, right. Yeah, you only, you get 10% of each manga sold. If, if it's 500 if it's just 500 yen, it's about five bucks. You get 50 yen per. Plus, if it's a really popular licensing merchandise, plus anime, live TV shows, and movies. Okay, so um, they make a good chunk of change. Nah, though. 500 yen is only five bucks. So unless well, you, five bucks per manga if you sell millions. No, 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 yeah, but then you get 10 percent of that. So you only get 50 yen, which is. But like if you're 50 selling million, millions of issues of that, that's a lot of money. You don't sell millions of issues. There's not that many people in Japan. <laughs> Well, I meant like I meant like something big, like Dragon Ball or something like that. Yeah, I mean Akira Toriyama, but like there's so much other manga we like and watch and yeah. read. Like I mean, Togarashi's probably oh Togarashi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Togarashi's probably fine, but like not all of them make that much. I think you have to be at like Togashi's level and above to really, yeah. or somewhere around that area to make yeah. any kind of money. I wouldn't be oh, surprised wow, really? if like only the top thirty percent of manga writers are able to profit enough to stay in the business and that the bottom 70% like filter in and out as they get older and realize they have to do something else. And then in that 30%, maybe only the top 5% like live really good and everyone else is kind of scraping by. That's pretty crazy to think about that. They're like, they're making, they're getting billions and billions of dollars. These, you know, like, uh, the guys, the people that do, uh, that do, um, Shonen Jump or is it Soatia or something like that? Is that the Shueisha. Uh, I, I don't know if making, I don't know if they make Shonen Jump, but like Shueisha is the name you're looking for. But yeah, there's giant companies that publish these magazines, and like they get pennies on the dollar almost, or even less. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be real. Like a lot of creative industries are like that. If you look at video games, like yeah, the amount of money video yeah. games make versus how much people who make video games make is crazy. Well, and, I mean, it's a bit different with that because they're making salaries, though. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I thought a lot of it was contract work, though. Um, so more and more of it is contract work, and then if you're in the indie circuit, then it's more similar to how manga is done. 
Uh, You're basically making jack shit constantly. Yeah, so basically every indie game that's ever been made, like, very few of them are actually profitable, and then, like, even fewer of them are profitable at a level where the person can do it without having to, like, have, like, a day job. So, yeah. like, in even in, in Japan, licensing and stuff is a lot more looser, because uh, I, I my assumption is the communal aspects of things kind of lend to... So, like, that's why do, doshinji aren't illegal, right? Where you take characters and make storylines based off of fanfiction. And you can sell it. And you can sell it for profit, right? Well, yes, unless you're outside of the country, in which case, like, they get much more annoyed with it. Like, straight up, like, a lot of Japanese copyright law is like, oh, if you're in Japan, anything goes, baby. And then it's like, if you're not in Japan, we will sue the shit out of you forever. But, like, none of that gets back to the artist itself. Correct. for the American companies, which is nuts because... Like, which, that's a thing, like, maybe, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a, like, a, a contract law lawyer, yeah, well, or I don't know Japanese policy at all, but, like, if from what I hear is true, then, like, maybe it should be a little bit revisited to protect the artists, but it's hard because then, like, fan fiction type artists can't get a, like, a start because they have to pay royalties to the main artist. It's this whole cycle of shit <laughs> yeah. the cycle of Go shit, shit. alright and that's all right. uh thank you so much for listening to the Yu Show. your support three means hours. Yeah, your support means all three worlds human demon and spirit to us please hit us up with questions requests or just a chat at our facebook the Yu Show with two o's or our twitter at the Yu Show, which is now fixed because patrick did it he stepped in big ba- big boy patrick <sighs> Um, Patrick Energy. Big Patrick Energy. BPE. I think that's a type of plastic. I'm not sure. It Um, is. Yeah, nice. Uh, But anyways, uh, thank you very much. And uh, I think in the future we'll continue experimenting with the format, but I do like some of what today brought, but we'll we'll figure it out. And please feel free to comment and tell us what you think, okay? See you later. Bye. Have you never listened to our podcast?
Yeah. 